There was three brothers, one podcast with a movie to review. Well, that sucks. Welcome, everybody, to Well That Sucked, a podcast where three brothers suffer through movies rated lower than 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, just for your entertainment. I'm your host, Dylan Miguel, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, my brothers, my brothers? Nick Wigella, and sitting in for the podcast creator, bad movie expert, and our dear friend, Vince Monea. How are you guys doing? Welcome, honorary brother Vince. This is Nick speaking here. Vince, how's uh? This is you've been on my podcast before, but this is your first time on our podcast. Oh, there How Nick goes you? talking about his podcast already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, we all love Split Six, okay? And we all know the episodes I'm in are the best. <laughs> so, <laughs> Vince, I, I have a question so, for you. How, yeah. How does it feel to be our first guest? But then also, mm-hmm. you know, more importantly, how does it feel to have the immense pressure of filling in for Kid Genius, podcast creator, <laughs> the man Nick and I wish we were, Mitchell Wigel? So, um, it, like, the, the stomach-churning anxiety that has, from this responsibility has actually crippled me this the, the last couple days. Um, and... I I feel like probably more disoriented about being here on this podcast than I should. That and might also be to the massive amounts of weed I made him smoke before this podcast, you know, just to be more like Mitchell. <laughs> Allegedly. R- really. Allegedly. <laughs> like, so... Uh, dang it, I say that way too much. The... <laughs> I think the best thing that's going to come of me being on this podcast is that um, for the next episode, when, you know, uh, the real Mitchell is back on here, like after having, you know, been without him for an episode, he's going to feel that much more impressive when you get him back. It's, you know, it's like when you take a vacation to like North Korea and you you experience life without your like normal freedoms and liberties and then you go back to the United States and you're like dang i appreciate this country so much more than i did before i left that that's what this episode is it's it's this podcast vacation in north korea <laughs> what right. a metaphor what a metaphor everyone <laughs> yeah, um so before we jump into things nick uh, uh, i'm going to let you announce some social media pages that we have out there that you yes, might want to um, follow. So we are uh, officially on iTunes, everybody, and all the podcast apps you can get your stuff. Uh, we're not on Spotify just yet, but everything else, we're there. Follow us at Well That Sucked. Um, and we are on Facebook. Look up our page, Well That Sucked. We are on Instagram also at Well That Sucked Podcast. And we are on Twitter, everybody. Um, but well, that sucked. Is that hash or that handle is taken by somebody with sixty nine followers? Of course, that's, <laughs> that's like one, one tweet and following one person. <laughs> but we are at that sucked pod. 
So follow us in all those, please. All right, so the first segment of our show is called Things That Suck, and it is my turn this week. And I have one that I think is any no one can really refute this because this is a reality for me every day. Um, what I think sucks is owning dogs in a condo or an apartment hmm. because uh, I don't need have... the qualifier there, but uh, okay, on. let me explain. <laughs> so I love my dogs more than anything. I know Nick hates dogs, even though he owns a dog. So you know, let's blast him on social media. Um, but <laughs> my dogs, I love them to death. But taking them out three to probably four times most days uh, to use the bathroom and then walking around and having to collect their poop with garbage bags, just, you know, it's not something I want to do for forever. So I'm hoping to get a house soon and not a condo. Why didn't, why didn't you just be a shitty neighbor and leave the poop there? I haven't picked up my dog's poop in years. Because I like for and my, my shitty neighbor, that was a good pun. I prefer for my <laughs> dogs to, uh, you know, question why their, their owner's collecting their poops in little bags every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't dogs poop inside the house more if you're just gonna put it in little present bags? <laughs> yeah. hey. hey, hey, and then you praise him. Oh, I got a poop for you. <laughs> it's hilarious concept when you break it down. Uh, yeah. So, that's... how do you feel about that? So, um, as a a cat owner, um, who has you know walked Winston and Lillian with Dylan <laughs> before? Um, I can say that I do really, really like it that cats just know how to potty train themselves, and they just have like their their little toilets that they know to go into instinctively. Winston and Lillian are Dylan's kids, by the way. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. All right, well let's let's jump into it. Um, no debate there, really. Uh, Nick. 15 seconds. Sorry, Vince is seizing over here. <laughs> well, there's going to be quite a bit of that because I, uh, I think this one's going to yeah. be pretty funny uh, in terms of, I know I wrote a lot of jokes for this. I'm going to go ahead and announce them right now <laughs> um, as I do on this podcast. Nick, you have 15 seconds to describe the movie this week. And the movie this week was Jupiter Ascending, everybody. Here we go. All right, this movie is about uh, Mila Kunis, who plays like essentially a Cinderella character in her life story, unhappy with her life. And then all of a sudden, Channing Tatum's a dog, comes down, they try to save each other. There's three evil siblings that try to take over the time, world. Time. <laughs> yeah, this, this was is, an extreme... First of all, I should have an, an, an extra two, two minutes, or not two minutes, two seconds, <laughs> because you didn't show me the timer. Until I, the, I actually, well, and then this is an especially difficult episode. Ep- movie to summarize in 15 seconds oh impossible. it's going to be a difficult movie to summarize in two and a half hours like yeah. we expect this podcast yeah. to L- run. like Buckle I, up. I i really like he's not joking tolkien could not follow this plot <laughs> like i think it, when george R. R. martin was in the theater he said dang this guy needs to simplify his storytelling <laughs> <laughs> so the movie this week if you watched with this or not, you're fine, but buckle up because it's going to be long. Was Jupiter Ascending? This was, of course, Nick's movie because it was a sci-fi action movie that came out in 2015. <laughs> um, and Jupiter Ascending is... February 6th, two hours 2015. And yeah. And it actually premiered at Sundance on my birthday in that year, by the way. Ooh, and fun, ooh, to Sundance. So, fun fact about it being at Sundance, there were actually a 
bunch of empty seats at its Sundance screening, oh, and surprised. the media wasn't invent- invited <laughs> to its Sundance screening either. It wasn't invented yet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here's a synopsis for the movie. Jupiter Jones, played by Mila Kunis, was born under signs that predicted future greatness. This is a fucking word jumble, so get ready. But until her reality as a woman consists of cleaning other people's houses and endless bad breaks, Kane, Chatting Tatum, a genetically engineered hunter, arrives on Earth to locate her, making Jupiter finally aware of the great destiny that awaits her. Jupiter's genetic signature marked her in the next line, next in line for an extraordinary inheritance that could alter the balance of the cosmos. <laughs> Boy, what kind of synopsis is that? Are you, do you not As want you can tell from Vince, this is actually a comedy. <laughs> So this movie was rated 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, but had a 77% uh, Google user rating, which I definitely don't agree with after watching it. So I don't agree with that either. And um, uh, so I I tried to look into that, and um, the... The the, results were inconclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. From what I could find, well, so uh, from what I could find, you know, there were a, a number of people, like, claiming that this it deserves to be a cult classic because it is so it's strongly feminist. And I completely disagree with this being a girl power movie. And we'll get into more details about why I disagree that this is a girl power movie after when once we get more into it because well audience you'll see when once we start describing this more well you'll see why I I really cannot disagree more that this movie deserves to be praised for like bold. Like, yeah, fe- this, yeah. Is, this is not a movie about feminism. Ever. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it, this not. is this is not a this is not a girl power movie. This is not something that breaks new ground. It's barely a action. movie. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I. It really. That's the only. That's the only explanation I can come up with why some people would like this movie is because they've convinced themselves that they have to say they like it for social currency. Yeah, because it's I, feminist. I, I don't. I have not heard that. It's an interesting piece of information, um, but I definitely agree with you that it is not a movie like that. So I'm going to take Mitchell's role this week for the acting roles in this movie. Starring in this film is uh, playing character Jupiter Jones is Mila Kunis, who is best known for her role in Max Payne, and of course her role as Jill. You know, Jenny's friend in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, the popular sequel to Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Vince, please let us know who else is in this movie. So, um, Mina Kunis's uh, co-star, uh, Channing Tatum, plays the uh, half-wolf, half-human Kane Wise. Um, then, and he is joined by his you know, space cop buddy, uh, Sean Bean, playing Stinger Apini. Sean Bean is uh, Ned Stark yep. for everybody. Also wait, 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 Boromir. Wait, wait, Sean Bean was in this? Yeah, Sean yeah. Bean was the, the guy in the bee house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really big role. 
So in Ned fact, Stark was in, in there. Fact, yeah, I don't freaking, know how I didn't notice. Freaking <laughs> Boromir, er, like son of the steward of Gondor, was in this movie. And ooh, there was a lot going I'm, on, guys. So, ooh, and really quick. I, I'm really happy you bring that up because Sean Bean does say in the film, well, we made it through, which I think was, he must have been his little acknowledgement that, hey, I didn't actually die in this movie. And then also, uh, when I went to go see this movie in theaters when it was new, uh, my the people I was seeing the movie with, like I was telling them, I really, really hope that... It, they just at one point has Geoffrey come out leading a company of Urukai, and then they have to fight like Space Sean Bean in his like spacesuit, and I think that would have been a great way to have Sean Bean die again. Yeah. Also, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna refer to Stinger or Sean Bean as Ned Stark for the remainder of this podcast. I will do that, and, and then just go on everyone in the audience. Keep in mind that uh, so you know since. Uh, you know, Channing Tatum's character is half human, half wolf. It makes sense that his buddy is half human, half bee. Yeah. <laughs> they were half human, half wolf, and half human, half bee? Yeah. Okay, I didn't catch that. I caught the half wolf part. I don't understand the half bee part, but whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So, then, Nick, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Vince. And then, so really quick, sorry. Um, uh, and then the... Uh, um, like the the most obvious like uh main antagonist in the film uh is uh you know play is a Balaam uh um <laughs> Braxis and he's played by Eddie Redmayne and I love Eddie Redmayne he is a uber talented actor and uh, you're awesome Eddie Redmayne but this is easily like his worst performance in this movie. Redman uh, is in Fantastic Beasts as well and speaks like Voldemort throughout <laughs> this movie. Yeah, it's really hard to hear what he's saying 90% of the time because he's so whispery and slow. And then he will randomly yell at everybody. And yeah. Imagine <laughs> being the director and being like, can you say that? Like you're recovering from COVID nineteen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Well said. Uh, who else do we got, Vince? Um. So, um, we have a uh, Douglas Booth uh, playing uh, Titus Abraxas. Uh, that's Balaam Abraxas's brother. And then uh, we also have. Um, there's a bunch of other people like uh, Edward Hogg plays Balaam's assistant chicanery knight, which fun fact about yeah. um, chicanery. For warning. Yeah. I, I, and we'll move to director and producer yeah. because there are just so oh, many. I know. It's like, I have this whole page. This. It's like, so I just wanted to mention yeah, normally this Mitchell one. Mentor- mentions just the star. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention this one because this guy's name, chicanery knight. I actually know what, chicanery means and to put on okay. my like i'm a smarty pants hat put on your ravenclaw hat yeah <laughs> so well nice because you needed to have a thesaurus near you to watch this movie, <laughs> you really so. do so do you guys know what chicanery means no no so um chicanery basically means uh sophisticated trickery and the character Shakira Knight is a half human, half like mouse or half rat hybrid. Oh, I got it right. I think I called him rat something. I can't exactly remember. Oh, the, and, the Peter Pettigrew motherfucker. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> and and then so really quick, uh, then there's uh, um, uh, 
<laughs> guru or like uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, Famius, like who's a half human, half deer combination. There are so many like half animal people in this movie. It's really funny. And then, ooh, my favorite is uh, Samuel Barnett plays intergalactic advocate Bob. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk about like four or five or six of those people. Nick, who directed and produced this movie and tortured us with its existence? So the director, I'm going to pass it to Vince again. What was the name? Actually, I'll, I'll tell you about them, but Vince, who was the director's name? Uh, so they were the Wachowski siblings. Uh, it would be, uh, at the time, I believe it would have been Lana and Andy Wachowski. They were siblings with Vince just informed me that they were brothers, but now they both identify as females, so they are sisters now. And at the time the movie came out, one was uh, still male, the other was female. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and uh, all right, they are most famous for being the directors of The Matrix, um, which is probably why they got this absurd budget for this movie. Um, the that director or the producer of this movie was two people. One of them is named Grant Hill, the former Piston, who... Uh, is also famous for leading the Pistons to nothing during the Teal era. <laughs> nice. And nice. Uh, um, uh, so this is actually kind of neat. Um, so uh, Lily Wachowski is now working on work in progress for sh- Showtime. And Lana Wachowski is working on a new Matrix film slotted to come out in 2021. Nice. I love the Matrix. So this film in the box office, uh, well, actually, well, budget. I, I know, Nick, you looked at budget. So the budget, did you look up the budget for this I film? I did. Okay, don't tell Nick. Nick, what would you guess the budget was for this film after watching it? Okay, well, it looked extremely expensive because if this film does have one thing going for it, it is how it looks. It is beautiful. I would guess around $250 million. (laughs) I love how you are always way off when we ask you to guess numbers. Um, I mean, you're not like way, way off. The budget yeah. was anywhere from 176 to 200 million dollars. Yep, is the number that I got. Yep. And in the box office, so don't tell Nick this either, because I'm sure you have this Vince. Mm. But box office numbers. What do you think it made in the box office? 30 million. <laughs> no, it made way more. It made 184. What? If we're rounding up. All right, million. so it lost. It it or it could it it, it, it pro- could have broke even. Let's call it breaking even. even. Well, um, and, and so it is. So it actually it didn't. It's my understanding that it didn't do crazy hot in the United States. It was actually behind uh, SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water. Um, <laughs> but it did really well in Russia, apparently. Oh, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Because the, the Jupiter Jones is supposed to be Russian, yeah, her family's Which Russian. Is like, yeah. I don't know why Mila Kunis has to be Russian in all of the movies she's in, like in Max Payne, but is she Russian? Probably. I don't know. So the production um, was done by Village Roadshow Pictures, Rat Pack, Dune Entertainment, and Arceos Productions, but it was distributed by Warner Bros., so that's the one who's going to get all of the credit for everything, but I don't know if you want that credit. Um, yeah, really. Couple things. I, I real quick. I wanted to to share some of the vocabulary from this movie. I just have Whoa. a couple because I thought they were like really like okay. Essentially, if you watch this movie, 
You need to have your phone next to you because yeah, you, you do. have to look words up. You, also, you, you, you words. have to pause. You have to be able to pause and rewind yeah. to have any hope so, of understanding this. Uh, let's test your vocabulary. Yes. I'm going to get ask you. I'm going to say the words. These are all words from the movie. Hopefully I can pronounce them right. You need to tell me, are these real words? Or are these words the movie made up for the movie? Okay. <laughs> Word one. And I, there's not too many of these because this was taking me forever to produce for you. But <laughs> uh, the first one is abdicate. That is a real, real word. word. That is a real word. Congratulations. <laughs> Next word. Skyjacker. No. I'm going to say that's a false word. That is a movie word. Yeah, movie word. That's a better way to put okay. that. Okay. Sounds like hijacker, next... but from the sky. Ooh, that. Ooh, can you imagine that? Like, imagine just like Al Qaeda, like terrorists, like flying, skyjacking some shit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like flying down in like wingsuits, and they like jump onto like a plane and in, cut... instead of blowing up the <laughs> twin towers, they just pick them and take them to space with the wolf people. <laughs> 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 Never forget hashtag. <laughs> All right, next word. You ready for it? Yeah. All right. G- genome, genome engineered. Genome engineered. G- genome engineered. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it completely right. I'm like, gonna say, I I'm think gonna say it's a real, real, real word. Yeah. It is not. It is a word that the movie made really? up in terms of genetics. Genome engineered. Okay, yep. good to know. Lycantant. Li- so that sounds like lycanthrope, which is a like a word. werewolf. Um, I, I'm actually going to say that's a fake word. Or that, movie is word. A, that is a movie word. Yes. Uh, it is one of the species in the movie. The, the animal, like the Channing Tatum species. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can pronounce the rest, but... Um, I know, there's... there's how many more are Sora, Sora Spatian. Oh, I, I'm just going to have to word. say movie word. So, Sara Sapien. Sorry, is what I should have said. Real word. It is a movie word. Oh, it's movie a movie word. word. Sorry. <laughs> Alcazar. Um, real word? Movie I don't, you, word? There's been too many movie words. It's got to be a real one. <laughs> that, that, I think that's actually a real word. I, I kind of, yeah. It's a, yeah, it is. It's a type of castle. But I really? Sara yeah. Sapien? So, no, Alcazar. Alcazar. Okay. So, like that is just a very mild, mild, um, ex- like, kind of overarching of how confusing this movie is. You don't know if they're real words or not real words. And if they are real words, you don't know what they mean. Yeah, it, so, it, it, that's seriously, if, like, this movie is confusion incarnate. But I think we have it in some simple terms for you. So, let's jump into it. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. 25 Ooh, minutes right. in, let's jump into the movie. <laughs> yeah. The, so. the movie opens with Mila Kunis giving a monologue about herself. Yeah. We find out that Jupiter Jones, which is Mila Kunis's character's name, by the way, is an illegal immigrant who had well-educated parents. Well, we and also, we also, there was a thing at the beginning where she says, I am an alien, like, and we are, we all see the title and know basically what this movie's about, and it was a little confusing, but you know fun way to pull it off yeah yep. and, and, sarcasm, and by the way. so yeah really it, it just it's so our like immediately the film adds a needless layer of confusion where you're like shoot did, is she mean is she like literally an alien or does she mean she's like an immigrant like uh 
So we then see the moment when her parents first meet. Yeah. Uh, her her father's the son of an English diplomat, and Mila questions what had happened to her parents to make them change it the way they are. Then uh, we see Mila's parents while they were pregnant with her in the apartment. They're having a rather intimate moment when some and men kick down the door and start yelling and running around with armed guns. Yeah. That, for no, and so, no reason, right? Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Nothing yeah. There's no explanation. And, no none, explanation. And, none, and none of the uh, family backstory is important to the story remotely, right? Right. Oh, yeah. No, it's... it's And so they make a big deal about the fact that uh, Jupiter, Jupiter Jones, our main character, that her Mi- father... Mila Kunis. Yeah, Mila Kunis, uh that he was an astronomer and his telescope was very important to him and yet he's using a decorative telescope because it's a brass one yeah and uh like and i want to say that like so like there's a scene where the the mom is on the couch and she she has a very large baby stomach and the the dad could is just like, say she's pregnant, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so. very oval, oval and shape. So, so this is going good. And then alien <laughs> jumps right out of it. So what I was gonna say what I was gonna say real quick was that. I like it that the the dad is like kissing the stomach and like saying like oh yeah our baby's gonna be named Jupiter and like all I could think of when I'm watching this scene is like I wonder if he loves her because when she's pregnant she is more the shape of a planet and if that love is gonna fade away after she gives birth. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah, dude, th- th- her dad definitely wants to fuck plants. What was his name? Like Maximilian's uh, space traveler or something? I, I have no clue. I did. Sure that's not what I wrote there. down. So this, uh, the couple is getting robbed by these armed militiamen in their house, and they end up for really no reason at all, shooting the father. I don't even really understand how it happened, but the dad gets shot, and then we go back to Mila Kunis's monologue, and we find out that the dad had, you know, died, and her mother's in massive grief and pushes all these people out of her life, and Mila ends up getting born on international waters, giving her no country. Well, and so I she, like which, it Which that... doesn't play a role in the movie at all. And I right. really like it that she says, my mother pushed out you know, everyone in her life except her sister. And then over international waters, she pushed me out too. And it shows it's like... A great yeah, line. Yeah. <laughs> like giving birth. It's like, great. It's great it's play on so, words. It's just so pointless for her to be the... Like, why, why yeah. add this context to the intro of the story when you're not going to be... Have, have anything to do with being born in international waters? Yeah, so be an immigrant to the United States. Yeah, it but is, she has no country. Get it? We'll get there. Yeah, but yeah. She uh-huh. was born at Jupiter ascending, and um, she was destined to for great or destined for great things. Um, now we flash to several photos of Jupiter, really showing off the two hundred million dollar budget, mm-hmm. and we see a really futuristic city. And this is the city of Zolintar. And we see Titus, <laughs> who is played by Douglas Booth, walking yeah. with this planet with his sister, Kalik. Kalik Abraxas. Abraxas. And this planet was apparently harvested by these people. We don't know what that means yet. But we know that these people are dead, and they discuss how they did this in a humane way according to code. 
and and, and there is international or inner galaxy space law yeah and i i like it that they're having this 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 conversation it's it's very dense like it's 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 very esoteric is a very esoteric conversation. Real word and, or space word? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, and you know, so and they're not speaking very loudly, and you're trying to like pay attention, understand what the Abraxas siblings are saying, and the imagery I think is actually very distracting because you're while they're walking around having this discussion, they're they're like all the buildings and cars and stuff on this planet are white, and the the, the like. It, there's like someone dumped a big bucket of bright like indigo blue sand over everything so you're just like why is there blue sand all over the place where are we what is this space planet also, oh what's happening why, why is one of the siblings like just turning invisible is he turning invisible or is he teleporting good question so we haven't got there yet but the other brother Balem appears Balem out of basically thin air <laughs> <laughs> immediately joins their conversation that's mid-conversation. This guy, that's why Nick's like, is he invisible? Because he just appears and it joins directly into what they're talking well, about. Well, because no one can mm-hmm. really teleport unless you go through, like, a wormhole in this movie, but people can turn invisible or not during the rest of the movie, so this guy was clearly just creeping on them to <laughs> their conversation, just like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and they're not surprised, they're like, yeah, we know, dude. Yeah, and uh, these people are from the House of Brassics. Um, and this is where I had originally had the first five minutes of the movie, but Nick, you let, you watched the first 12. Is that because of the length of the movie this time? Um, I, well, I accounted for the, uh, like the long ass intro and, um, I wanted to do it. I wanted to like do it at a point that made sense. Okay, because I thought it would have been hilarious for you to guess what had happened at this point. Yeah, seriously. All right, either way, and, it and turns out that the the brothers and sisters had all inherited different planets mm-hmm. in the solar system, and Titus brings up the most beautiful planet, Earth, and this planet belongs to Balem, and Titus wants to get his hands on it, and it turns out this planet is worth more than all of Titus's planets, and Balem leaves, kind of angry. And and I have to say, so Balem, remember, that's Eddie Redmayne's character. And I love it that this movie like has this this suit the our main villain whose voice is so hard to hear because he talks so whispery. And it's like it's like the, this movie just the story flies off the rails right here. Right here in this scene, the story flies off the rails and it never gets back on them. I had to turn my TV volume up so fucking loud to understand what the motherfucker was saying. <laughs> also, I think I think I it, I it, think with it would be great to say our main villain. We should start saying our main Dylan. Our main Dylan. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so now we get a montage of Mila Kunis's life as a maid or Jupiter if you prefer also, to call her this, that this, I'm not this is call this is a shot for shot reenaction of uh, Cinderella yes so cleaning toilets taking out the trash on repate and repite and she lives in Chicago and she hates her life then we see some really poorly dressed superhero like characters walking um, around on the streets at night in Chicago. Some of them are on a rooftop, and they're spying on a man who is walking on the streets. Turns out the guy that they're spying on is a hunter, and he is after their bounty. This uh, Also, these people are like kind of like half cyborgs um, and have some cyborg 
characteristics. And what I really got here is that the line of dialogue was super confusing and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, they were using words like Skyjacker and Yuri. Um, and I just don't know what some of those words mean. So yeah. Just, who knows? Yeah. Yep. So this man we see uses a device to shift matter and walk through a door. Mm-hmm. And after they see this, they pursue him and they have really high tech gadgets and the ability to turn invisible. So mm-hmm. then we see this man who is Channing Tatum, right? The, yep, he's this, a guy this who's is Kane Wise, Channing Tatum's and character, the half inside, human, half wolf. <laughs> he's inside this place and he is sniffing a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can see who had signed the piece of paper, which is a strange power, but all right. Yeah, though, don't you know, Dylan, That's that wolves can, like, smell a piece of bark, and they can tell where Bear Grylls has been in the last two months. <laughs> so, like, the thing is, uh, this power is interesting and kind of cool, but it yeah. never comes up again nope. for the rest of the movie. Nope, Does, it's not, it's never used again. <laughs> so, Nick, stop me when we get to your prediction part. But okay, we also see the team. Uh, this this team's outside. They're chasing him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this team, and they have some really cool tech weapons and gadgets yeah. that would make. And the one is on like a proud. hover bike that can turn invisible. Yeah, and it yeah. would you know it make it make the inspector proud. More I'm, proof I'm that that them. fucking this talking guy was just creeping on his siblings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not really? teleporting between different realms it's like guys i was totally guys i was totally teleporting no you weren't <laughs> so as they exist. approach the door um the bounty hunter uh channing tatum uh he knows that they're there somehow and he just flies directly outside of the door and starts instantly shooting at them so we get the cue and action blaster battle scene mm-hmm. with magnetic boots and everything in slow motion and everything you need. It looks pretty decent. You know, it looks pretty all right. Yeah, and yeah. it's actually so um, Channing Tatum has these like hover skate, like uh, hover roller blades where his boots let him fly. And but he moves like it like as if he was rollerblading. And it actually looks really cool. I actually think. It looks really cool to see someone like rollerblade through the air. It's like it's like super futuristic, super dope Heelys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Channing Tatum gets away, and and um, this is when we get to my prediction. Oh, can can I give the one line of dialogue? I think you yep. got this one. But one of the the superhero costume cyborgs that were following him, um, one of their line of dialogues. It was really brilliant. They go. That's him. It's got to be. And then we flash away from the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, crap. Like, okay. Um, so we're going to pause here so that we can hear Nick's movie prediction. Wagella movie prediction. Hey there, everybody. I am uh, 12 minutes and 11 seconds into Jupiter Ascending, which is a little bit longer than uh, our five-minute prediction was supposed to be, but I was eating pizza. Um, so this is my prediction for what's going to happen. Um, sounds like Jupiter, who is played by Mila Kunis, is probably going to end up falling in love with Channing Tatum, who apparently has wolf-like powers because he can smell stuff and remember things, and he has weird pointed ears. And, uh, the antagonists of the movies are probably going to be the three siblings who are talking about what they inherited from their mother, which I was thinking originally was going to be Mila Kunis's mother, Jupiter, uh, but now I'm thinking it might be the father because of how he was looking through the telescope being uh, all romantic about the stars. And... Yeah, so they're going to end up falling in love. Um, Channing Tatum's probably going to accidentally encounter Mila Kunis in 
like one of his bounty raids with all these other people that are trying to chase him down. And um, it's called Jupiter Ascending. They showed Jupiter, so I'm assuming there's a secret planet on Jupiter, or probably one of the moons, to be honest, because obviously you can't have a planet on Jupiter unless this movie's completely far-fetched, like it sounds like it might be. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of Cinderella vibes, because uh, Mila Kunis is like cleaning and hates her life. Um, so yeah, Prince Charming's gonna be Channing Tatum. They're gonna accidentally fall in love, probably hate each other for a minute, because that's what happens in every movie. It's sci-fi, so the big twist at the end is probably gonna be that the three evil peoples, who I'm assuming are going to be evil uh, siblings, they share a father with the guy, with Mila Kunis's father. Maybe the mother, but that, that seems a little bit too much, uh, because I would, would have thought that she would have went and asked for help by now. And she wasn't the one stargazing. And yeah, they're going to save the world in a way, and fall in love. I don't know. That's what I got. We'll see you in a second. All right, I uh, Nick, I thought that was probably it was definitely better than my Kazam review. Um, I thought that it was pretty good prediction, and for those of you listening, you know, without spoiling everything for you, um, I think Nick was pretty much on point as much as you could be from in terms of like where we <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah, as much as you possibly can be, uh, Nick. Like seriously. Like, 20 points to Ravenclaw there. Uh, Slytherin, please. <laughs> okay, 20 points to <laughs> Slytherin there. <laughs> so, we flash um, in this movie to a scene with the sister, right? There's three siblings. So, uh, oh, the Abraxas siblings. Yep. yep, yep. So, Kalik is talking with Maledictus? Not. I think that's the name. Um, and we learn essentially the whole point of this like fifteen. Are you talking about the scene. owl guy? Yeah, I think so. But the whole point of this fifteen second scene is that we learn that Kalik's the one who hired um, the people to catch the bounty hunter behind mm-hmm. her brother's back. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. What? <laughs> now we see a spaceship appearing in front of Jupiter. Nick, you guessed that right. How did you know? Um, and flying into the storm, you know, the, the eye of Jupiter, the red eye of Jupiter, the storm. It's and called the Great man, Red Spot. And, and during this scene... Which, fun see, fact, is the size of three Earths. Also, it's something on Earth we call herpes. <laughs> uh, and we see a man on a spaceship naked in some kind of floating... Looks like ooh, water, ooh, but... Yeah, exactly he's, in like a, he's in an, or like an orgy pod. <laughs> And it's great because not only is he, like, floating around in this, like, pod with, like, eight different women, part of them are animals, too. Vince, you're ahead. We get to that part later. (laughs) This part is just him in there alone naked. Oh, yeah, we got to the orgy pod yet. Dang it. We haven't gotten to that yet, people listening. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But they don't ever, like, they show this part, and I'm like, why do they show that? And then, like, it's weird, because he's naked here, but when he's with all the the people in the pod later, he's not, but we'll get to that. Um, That's, like, our slogan on this show, by the way. So... (laughs) The spaceship lands at the space station inside. Oh, yeah, you're right, because, no, no, he's flying the ship naked. 
yeah. that's why, Dylan, because you know how, like some artists they can only paint when they're nude. Some pilots can only fly when they're nude. That that's why they won't let people into the pilots' cabin in planes anymore because <laughs> there are too many instances of people oh, walking and seeing the pilots. I in, thought it you know, was naked. because there was like a like a fourth steering wheel for your penis to control. <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. Uh, so the ship uh, is, turns out to be Lord, I think, Lord Balaam's. Or, um, Balaam, and, yep. And he comes and he comes Lord back to Whisper his, Muffin. <laughs> he comes back to his space dish station and Mr. Knight comes to see him, who is some kind of rat-tooth alien human it's hybrid. Chicanery Knight, yeah. He looks very British also. <laughs> Yet, um, you know, Jupiter and, uh, you know, we have another hard name, Mr. Knight. You know, it's very hard to come up with. Though. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling and, and because the rest of the vocab in this movie. Well, and you're distracted because you're like, why does this guy look like he's a freaking rat? And why does the freaking rat person look like a British noble from, like, the 1700s? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what you're and, talking about, but whatever. And here's the, here's the actual... Seriously, look at his coat and his powdered wig. Here's the actual... The founding fathers over here. Yeah. <laughs> here's the actual line that um, our uh, Voldemort-like character, Balaam, says to Mr. Knight. I have not crossed the vastness of space for your pleasantries. I believe Titus is aware of the recurrence. My spies whispered but cannot substantiate. What is that? Like, if you're watching this movie like we were, what do you? What is that supposed to mean to you? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I cannot substantiate them claims. The what if this guy was just like super tired with filming this and the, 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 just the director didn't care? Yeah, he's just like he's like screwing up his lines and they're just like ah. Just Actually, call it that a day. works. That works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so standing behind Mr. Knight is his army of dragon lizards. That can yeah, speak. I love those guys. Uh, the leader of the dragon litter's name is Mr. Silicon. I thought it was Mr. Uh, Gilligan, Gillahan. I uh, spelled T S K A L I K A N. So Sil- I saw it, as I saw it was spelled G R E E G H A N. Either way, guys, <laughs> doesn't sound like Silicon or Gilligan. Whatever you're just or, or Silicon. Either way. <laughs> well, and you know, you know, we're off to a good start when we can't even agree on how these characters' names are so. A good out. start, forty minutes in. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'll refer to him as Dragon Lizard King from this point on. <laughs> I like that. He's uh, my favorite so- character. The Dragon Lizard King uh, tells Balem uh, their spies have a lead on a person named Dolvani. Dolvani? And Balem says, bring me Dolvani, which is uh, Mr. Kane, uh, who is Channing Tatum. So, I believe. No, actually, here's that Mila Kunis. I'm not exactly sure. I don't. Yeah. What, what is? What was? I was very confused at that. Part. Yeah, I'm not yeah. exactly sure. It doesn't matter. We were. You're in for a ride. Yeah. So now we see Jupiter, Mila Kunis, and uh, Catherine Dolvani. Um, I think right. Oh yeah, Catherine Dolvani is a. This is what doesn't make sense. Catherine Dolvani is um, one of Mila Kunis's friends. Uh, 
played by Vanessa Kirby, who I thought would have a much bigger role, but this was really the only thing. But Miss Dolvaney is getting dressed, and, you know, uh, and Nick's probably fully torqued at this point. <laughs> and Not my time. She is asking for dressing advice because she's going to meet a man. While she's, like, dancing around her bedroom in her underwear. And they chat about falling in love, normal stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. Mila gives advice. I mean, no, I I love inviting my friends into my bedroom, and I'm just in my underwear. It's great. This is what makes this a really uh, feminist movie. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like, girls, they, they like to strip down to their underwear and have pillow fights, you know? And talk about men. Yeah. Yeah. So Mila gives the advice. How progressive. <laughs> yeah, really. If if someone is in love with you, they will understand your needs. And Mila goes to the closet. And Catherine gets knocked out by these traditional tiny bald-headed looking aliens who have invisibility powers. And while Mila is in the closet... <laughs> Vince, are you okay? Tell us what you're thinking, please. That line is someone loves you, they'll know how to take care of you. Or whatever you just said. That was funny. <laughs> I feel like that was my mind. Okay. So, so Mila, who's in the closet watching... Mila, who's in the closet... Watching her friend. I don't. I love um, how many times you said Mila is in the closet. <laughs> so Mila, watching her friend get attacked by these aliens, decides her first thing, seeing aliens for the first time, is to pull out her phone. Which would be a pretty terrifying experience since they just are floating your friend in the air. Mm-hmm. While attempting to take a photo, her phone rings from her mother, and the aliens run after her. Yeah. So, I don't know. First thing, you're in a room, aliens come, you, you getting your phone out? I gotta prove this. What's going on Facebook? <laughs> yo, 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 it's your boy, you know, uh, Grave Killer 9999. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Alright, so we see Kathleen, Catherine, waking up in her bed, and Mila also wakes up, and they both don't remember what had happened. And this is yeah, when we introduce Will Smith, <laughs> and it is Men in Black. Yeah, they got neuralized those bitches. <laughs> so Mila goes home to her Russian family eating dinner. Again, why is Mila always Russian? Just like in Max Payne, is Mila actually Russian? Do we know? I don't know. I don't I, know. And I have met actually. her in, in person before. So they discuss a variety of things. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, for those of you who don't know, Vince just blew his nose <laughs> with his notes. <laughs> Honorary brother, you're off the rails right now. <laughs> don't worry, I use a blank page for that. Oh god, that's what I was really concerned at. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so they discuss a variety of things at the dinner table. And Mila wants to buy a telescope, but they don't have the money. So we now see Mila mm. in her room looking at telescopes on Amazon. And and I want to say my favorite part of that discussion with her family there is her m- mom says, Stalin's balls. 
And that just <laughs> Yeah, they had a lot of Stalin references. Actually. Fully yeah. torqued. Fully torqued. <laughs> yeah. So, in uh, comes her cousin into the room, and they start talking about a medical procedure. And there's this conversation: if you go, cash comes. If you go in, cash comes out. <laughs> After I'm rereading that, it sounds a lot worse. <laughs> Again, this is why this is because the the whole operation is her selling her eggs, right? Right. Yeah, she's, yeah this yeah, is so definitely she's why gonna... this is a feminist movie. Yeah. So the her older brother is... wait that is that her brother? Yeah, her older her... cousin. Cousin. Oh, cousin. Yeah. Her older cousin is trying to convince her. To sell her eggs for profit, even though he's gonna get all the money, he's getting yeah. the better part of the so, money because you know what? That's what they say. This is capitalism, baby. The shit rolls downhill and the profits roll uphill. <laughs> Cha-ching! Feminism. So yeah, so yeah, she agrees that she'll sell her eggs um, and her. <laughs> Sorry, everybody listening, but basically, her cousin's gonna get ten k. And she's only gonna get five k. <laughs> Makes sense. So, so, <laughs> so now um, she goes. The next scene, we see her go to the doctor's office, and she's sitting there, and she's looking at her phone, and on her phone, she sees a photo of these skinny little alien guys that she took a picture of. Why are these aliens <laughs> always naked? <laughs> yeah. I don't also, know. like. Every with all the creative splicing they have with DNA, why do they choose traditional, like looking aliens for for these guys? Also, where are they from? But yeah, yeah. well, it, it, it's like everyone else is just, just humanoid. Well, because well, so you know how like with the Matrix, it's made so that you can like it almost can feel like this is something it could you you feel like you could almost see this like happening in real life, but it's like it's a secret that it happened. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and they were basically this, what you're talking about with these, like, stereotypical-looking little alien, naked aliens with the little bodies and the big heads and big black eyes. Like, this is them, like, trying to do that again. We're like, oh, like, those aliens, crazy people say they see that they're real and this is what they actually are, but it just doesn't work right in this movie. Yeah, they're all so, feminine, too, because there's no uh, dicks swinging around. So, yeah, again, feminist movie. V- very feminist movie. Very. So, like, also, she looks at this photo of these aliens having her friend hovering in the air and doesn't react to it, even yeah. her memory is wiped, which is strange. But, yes. regardless, we move forward in the movie. It's a fast-paced movie, y'all. Buckle up. So, and we're going to tell it at 4... Four times the length. I don't. I don't yeah, yeah. This isn't we're gonna be here. This night. podcast is gonna be the length of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be longer. I think. So, um, what? That's what you get calls... when you invite Vinny onto a podcast. <laughs> so, the office calls for Catherine Dulvaney, which is not her, but her friend's name, which she used. Um, and she goes in and is freaking out before this procedure, and they give her the gas. She tries to stop them, but they move forward anyway, like any good medical professional would do. Feminist yeah. movie put, right here. Yeah, no, totally. N- they, not nuts to your body autonomy. They put uh, the they put stuff on her and some kind of alien technology, and she starts floating. And the doctors turn out to be evil aliens, and mm-hmm. they test to see who she is, and they say that it's her, and order her to be killed. And as soon as this is happening, in comes our hero, shooting recklessly, Channing mm-hmm. Tatum. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the first of 
Uh, probably. Uh, I would think uh, 150 times where this exact same scene happens. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much, actually. <laughs> so, cue, cue number one of Channing Tatum action rescue scene. Yes. <laughs> Channing Tatum action rescue hero. Go, go, Channing Tatum. Now, now, go, now, go. now, now, now. <laughs> so, we see another spaceship that unnecessarily flies up very graphically mesmerizing through ice and this ship is brother lord titus another sibling he mm. appears to have a fully clothed dry humping session in a floating glass container. oh the, yeah this is the orgy pod <laughs> yes and i love it because it, it's and now like, vince will describe it in graphic detail. yeah i know seriously i love it because he's he, he has like eight girls like floating around him and That's why i loved it too Vince. that they're like they're some of them are part animal too and the way they're floating around him do you think this is like kind of like a wheel of fortune thing where he just waits <laughs> to see where it stops or does he just get to pick one or like how does that work <laughs> banna I'm really I glad I rated it. this um, podcast Apple, or, uh, explicit on uh, iTunes. Yes, I'm glad that you did too. Um, the thing that I thought was so strange, though, is because, like, I mean, the, to be frank in the movie, watch it, y'all, if you don't believe us, but they're moaning, and they're, like, like just, like, literally, like, fish in a pond rubbing next to each other. Yeah. And they all have clothes on, so it's a really, really strange Well, well that's scene. why I think it's it's supposed to be, like, a Wheel of Fortune thing, where, you know, he's just waiting I'm, I'm to miss, see. To be honest, I'm missing <laughs> that connection, but... Like, like we said earlier, again, I, I just want to reiterate this. This is a very feminist movie. <laughs> very, yeah. very. So, we flash to, to Mila, who is with Channing now. And she's sleeping on the ground. They're still in Chicago. And Channing lets Mila know that the aliens are real. And because Mila thinks she's dreaming. Mm -hmm. So they talk about it. And he tells her about some alien shit. And then Mila gets upset that the aliens uh, want to get her. She's really sad and scared about that. And also Mm -hmm. there's like this running joke in this movie about Channing Tatum changing Mila from a, a, a hospital gown to clothing while she's sleeping again another feminist point of view <laughs> oh yeah no because i mean there is nothing nothing like, problematic with that <laughs> nothing says treating both genders equally like you know knocking a girl out and then completely like you know stripping her naked and then putting a completely different set of clothes on her before she wakes up so now we, 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 we flash to another scene, which, you know, there's a lot of interchanging scenes. But now we see Mr. Skalikin, or in case you forgot, the dragon lizard king. Yeah. And he comes up to, and he comes up to Balaam, and mm. he lets them know that they didn't get the girl, and that the girl is still alive. And Balaam screams at them, so this guy's volume level is only, oh, really, really quiet, or screaming at people. And, and I love this scene because it does not serve any purpose because we already know that Beline is wants to get Jupiter you know and we already know Dragon Lizard King is overseeing the kidnapping operation for Beline uh, or Balaam or however you say that and so like I the, the scene serves no purpose except to hear Dragon Lizard King go, it will not fail again, my lord. <laughs> and then to hear, like, Eddie Redmayne scream. So, Mila and Channing are hanging out, 
and Channing lets her know that their ride is there, and they start floating up traditional uh, UFO style. To yeah, a like tractor beam into a spaceship there. Up the and Willis this is Tower. done out in the public, by the way, in Chicago, one of the biggest cities in the world. So they would have been seen. And no, we'll no, Dylan, no one explained. looks up. No one looks up. And as they are slowly floating up, an alien spaceship comes in and blows up. I didn't see how it blew up, to be honest. But they begin Somehow to fall. it blows up Channing's spaceship. Yeah. They begin <laughs> to fall out of the sky. So now we get to cue a nice ice skating through air on gravity boots action scene. And this happens Ooh. throughout the city of Chicago. This is Vince's favorite tech piece of this movie, I think. And so, uh, you know, fun fact about this scene here. So, um, <clears throat> if I remember correctly here, uh, so, ah, so yeah, so for this, this whole sequence of Channing Tatum carrying, you know, uh, Mila Kulis as they're roller skating <laughs> through the Mila air. Mila Kulis? <laughs> Mila the Kulis is what he meant to say. Mila Kulis. <laughs> Dang it, sorry. Um, for this whole, this whole, like, action sequence here, it was actually the most, like, labor-intensive part of the movie to shoot. In fact, uh, Kunis and Tatum had to film every day for six months straight to make that scene work. Six, are you sure it was six months? Six months. That can't be possible. I mean, it was a really yeah. complex action scene. I mean, I'll give it that, but mm. also, like, how, how would it feel to dedicate six months of your life? That's you sure true. sure it was six weeks? It was six months. Six months of doing that? Are you kidding me? No. For this movie. This better have been fucking Star Wars then. What the fuck? So well, during the chase, they mm -hmm. end up hijacking one of the spaceships chasing them, you know, because they're just on basically their little rollerblades. You know, rollerblades or ice skates. Heelys, yeah. Heelys. Gravity Heelys. And, you know, like a normal action scene, they almost die several times and their spaceship gets destroyed. And it ends up being, you know, Channing Tatum rescues Mila. Mm-hmm. And now As I predict. Now we see them in the daytime, and that scene was at nighttime. Um, and it seems like it happened right after, so it was. It's kind of jarring. It is kind of jarring. So, also, they don't explain how Channing Tatum got a car. Yeah, none of that. But that's <laughs> beside well, the point. Well, well, and actually, um, uh, one point I do really want to make about this uh, this scene, this, this uh, like air ice skating Healy battle, um, is this, this actually, it, to me, this is the first occurrence of a, I think what is a major and recurring flaw throughout this movie, which is that the technology in this sci-fi film is, it is incredibly wondrous and it, it just constantly throughout the movie, you're constantly seeing new crazy, like just ma seemingly magical things that technology can accomplish, um, which looks cool, but because this film never properly establishes what its rules are. It never properly establishes what the limits of its tech and like gene splicing powers are. Um, it, it kills for me, it killed any sense of like tension in any of the fight scenes because you, you're, you never know like 
what any of this actually means. You never know how much of a threat anything is. Yeah, there's no stakes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, there's no stakes in any fight scene because at any moment you're not sure if like someone's going to snap their fingers and like they'll like summon a giant Death Star cannon into existence that'll give them a third arm too. Wait for so, the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so so Channing goes from space boots to driving a regular car mm-hmm. in the daytime and Channing tells Mila <laughs> that her um, and him might have stumbled into a war with the Abrasics family mm-hmm. and it turns out, so those are our evil siblings by the way, in case you've gotten a little lost here, so it turns <laughs> out that the aliens are just going to cover everything up men in black style mm-hmm. based on what happened the day before Neuralizer bitch and yeah. Channing goes on to tell her that the Abraxas family is composed of three siblings. Now we see Balaam view the footage of the medical rescue scene from earlier. He's obsessing three over... siblings, by the way. Hashtag three siblings. <laughs> he, he is obsessing over Mila, saying she understands him like no one else, which doesn't make sense at this point and doesn't make sense later, but kind of I see what they're trying to do. We'll you know, feminist movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Balaam warns the alien draggard, Liz, dragon lizard king that he will be held accountable for the next mistake that he has in trying to capture Mila. Oh, and you have a really confusing scene where you see an alien dragon lizard on like a torture plate going like, no, I'm sorry, my lord, please have mercy. And then he gets <laughs> killed and you're like, wow, I didn't expect him to kill the dragon lizard king this early. And then you you see Balaam's like office and there's the dragon lizard king and you're like, oh, that was a different dragon lizard. Yeah. Not our dragon lizard. That's king. a foreshadow of his future. <laughs> Mila and Channing are driving and talking. Very interesting stuff, I know. She mm-hmm. learns that Titus hired him, and they pull up to a space cop's house. Okay, and I say space cops because Ooh. the word that they use for space cops is really stupid. It's like Argus or something. Yeah, Basically, so a uh, fun fact Argus means protection. I guess that makes oh, that's sense. a real word, not a movie word. That is a I real word, yeah. <laughs> so basically, a rundown farmhouse in a rural area, and this guy has like, like just... a disgusting amount of bees on it. Yep. Like, okay, and I, this is coming from someone who thinks bees are adorable. There is like a freaking disgusting level of bees on this okay. house. I'm like, I want because so- like. I can understand respecting bees, but I don't understand thinking they're adorable. <laughs> they're so things. cute. Oh, bumblebees are cute. <laughs> yeah, like honeybees are not cute or some scary. bees are scary. And, and then you're thinking of hornets. Yeah, like so this Dylan, guy. Stop lives... being so insect racist. <laughs> so this guy whose name is Stinger lives in a bee farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I didn't even realize that. It's Stinger, and he's half bee, and he lives in a gross house that's freaking covered in freaking bees. It's like, dude, please, please buy, like, a, a squeegee and scrub some of those bees off the side of your house, man. So, so this is uh, Ned Stark, and instead of Stinger, I'm going to refer to him as Ned Stark from now yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, please. So Ned Stark starts beating on Channing Tatum. While Mina, Mila Kunis watches. Mm. Um, and this is a kind of like a slow motion <laughs> mini fight scene going on. Really weird slow motion effects in this, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, but let's not get caught up on that. Ned tells Channing Tatum to stay away from his daughter. Tatum. And then his daughter immediately walks outside to watch them fighting. 
And while and she, they are and she fighting, says, a bunch of is this bugs? some kind of weird male mating ritual? Right. A bunch <laughs> of bees. Does, show does up. this daughter have anything else to do in the movie? Nope. No, she <laughs> she just wants just to imply that she he has a crush on Channing Tatum. So a bunch of bees show up, and it turns out that <laughs> Jupiter uh, can control the bees. And Ned Stark bows and says, "Yo, Majesty." And he goes on to explain Stinger. that bees. He goes on to explain that bees can recognize royalty, which leads me to ask: Is this the first time Mila Kunis, Jupiter Jones, has encountered bees in her lifetime? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Ju- Jupiter Jones, Mila can control all of them. Uh, and uh, the daughter also says your majesty and goes into town for some groceries after seeing this. Feminism. <laughs> yeah. And Ned Stark. Get back in the kitchen. Ned Stark. You know your mom's uh, dead. You're the one who has to be in there. Jesus. <laughs> Ned Stark asks Channing Tatum if he wants his wings reinstalled, and it turns out that Channing Tatum used to have wings, which plays no role in this movie until the very well, end. Well, Dylan, it doesn't well, matter. Well, Dylan, well, Vince, do not, do not, do not oh, spoil yep, it. Yet. Yep, yep. Yeah, don't spoil. Okay. Uh, so Mila learns that she is royalty because bees, as Vince said, can recognize it, and bees don't lie. And they don't. Uh, yeah, you know what? Bees are—they're the most democratic insect. <laughs> Is that, is that a real factor? Yeah. Fact? No, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, Dylan, that's a real <laughs> no, fact. No, no, it is. It is actually. Okay. It is. No, get, it's really, get this. When there's they all multiple... <laughs> no, seriously, they do vote. Seriously. <laughs> when there is an accident and they this the hive, like, spawns two or more, like, new bee queens in, in this, at the same time. Like, the the bees have to choose which queen they will actually follow, and they actually vote on which queen they want to actually follow. And the, the queen who gets the most votes becomes the new hive queen, and the losers get, like, uh, eaten Murdered. or driven out and killed. Yeah, that sounds more like a dictatorship, in my opinion, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> this I guess this is the new democracy that America's in currently. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Janning Tatum, uh, we find out, made a deal with Titus to get uh, Ned Stark's wings back. Um, or, sorry, to get his wings back and also get Ned Stark his wings back. So Mila Kunis calls home, and her cousin, after all of this, oh, I just found out I'm royalty, her cousin's playing video games and picks up and says mom isn't home because she's trying to call her mom. And she lets him know that she didn't go through with the procedure, and the cousin freaks out because he had already spent the money. And also, like, that storyline didn't play out at all either. Yeah, No, the, no, not at all. The, a lot of, like, the first act of this movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> So now mm-hmm. we see Ned Stark talking to Mila and Channing, making a plan on what to do and how to protect Mila now. Mila and Ned Stark are talking about Channing, um, and he's in the other room, and wa- kind of wandering around the bee farmhouse. And we find out that Channing was spliced to become a hunting soldier. Mm. And he was court-martialed for biting an entitled. Which, what the <laughs> heck is an entitled? I, I still don't know, and I watched the whole movie. And it's like, you're, you're like, so at this point, your mind as the viewer is reeling. You are like, 
desperately trying to make sense of what the hell is happening. Like, you got bees and royalty and, like, these, like, space siblings and bounty hunters. And then there's this whole thing about, like, I bit someone. I got court-martialed. And it's like, what what is happening? It's It's like every new detail you learn about this world has nothing to do with anything else you learn about this world. Yeah, it, this film both over-explains everything and under-explains everything at the same time. That's a good That's a good way to put it. Um, Channing goes, speaking of things that don't make sense, Channing goes outside to look around. Mila keeps asking different questions with Ned Stark, and we learn that they are branded with a, uh, this is uh, Channing and Ned Stark are branded, because they used to be the soldiers, dark mark. I believe. And they debate whether most people would want to know the truth about aliens. Um, Ned Stark goes on to explain that humans are the ones who colonized the Earth in a distant path and killed the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Take that, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Dylan, Dylan, don't you remember what Sarah Palin taught us? Like, dinosaurs were evil lizards of Satan. This, Ned Stark was doing God's work there. Uh, so outside the King farm, King K. Rule looking motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outside the farm uh, are the people who are chasing Channing Datum uh, from earlier. The oh, the bounty movie. hunters. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're sneaking through the cornfields, even though they can be invisible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even though they have a bunch of high tech stealth gadgets as well, where again, you know, Professor Gadget, where is he when you need him? Um, <laughs> It turns out that the plan for Earth was to have the population grow until it is ripe for harvest. And the bees at this point start to go crazy at warning that the people are coming because bees have those powers. Does, does, this, does, does this mean bees are intergalactic warriors that are just like um, like a, a warning system for something like uh. antibodies or something? I don't know. Is there, is there a Rick and Morty episode with a bunch of bees? Or no, that's Futurama has the bees. Uh, yeah, I actually <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, it doesn't make any freaking sense. Like it does not make any. And also, one of the 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 three bounty hunters that's attacking the house looks a lot like Sean Bean. So it, it's just needlessly confused. You're already so confused, and it, I could totally see someone being confused about why. Wait, why is why is Ned Stark outside now? Shoot, why does he have a scouter on? No, wait, he's back inside now and he doesn't have a scouter on. What's yeah. going on? So an action-packed gunfight ensues and, you know, Mila gets cornered. Uh, but and, the bees attacks- come to the rescue. Yeah, with bees. She attacks her bee oh, friends. Not the bees. They're in my eyes. Oh. <laughs> and it turns out that there are two groups of people after Mila. The little gang of aliens from Balaam and the group of superhero-looking people hired from Kalik. Flash, <laughs> Flash the so funny to say. Who is talking about... The wait, 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 I just want to make sure that everyone knows that this is the end of the bee storyline. <laughs> yeah. There is no mention of bees further on in this entire Yeah, movie. like the, the bees never come into the story again. So now we see Balaam, who is talking about the harvest of Earth and the grade of the humans, and talking about his profit margins. And With Balaam Mr. is talking Knight. about wanting to harvest the planet tomorrow. 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Mr. Knight's all like, If we wait another hundred years, then your profits will eclipse what they currently are. And, you know, Eddie Redmayne's like, I will have that world tomorrow. (laughs) So now we see Channing Tatum flying through the air, following the spaceship of superheroes that had captured uh, Mila, which I forgot to mention, but yeah, Mila got captured in Ooh, that scene. And it's great when the spaceship like is lifting off, like up off the cornfield, it leaves a crop circle behind it. Yeah, so that's, how we, that's how we explain crop circles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because we can we can uh, um, uh, fucking neuralize an entire city, but we're going to leave crop circles when we leave here. (laughs) So Mila wakes up in a Keep them guessing, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Mila wakes up in a very royal-looking place, and in walks Kalik, who takes Mila to a room with a bunch of candles lit everywhere, and there's a statue. Kalik claims that Mila is her mother. (laughs) Yeah. And this, this, this is where every... If you thought things were stupid before, this is where things get real stupid. Mila, uh, it turns out, according to this group of brothers and sisters, Mila is the reincarnation of their mother. And we learn that Kalik is 14,004 years old, uh, and that'll be explained very shortly. And we learn that the mother was murdered, but we don't know by who yet, and Kalik shows Mila around. We see Channing Tatum outside skating around on his space boots, uh, and he's not (laughs) wearing a shirt at this point for some reason. Even though he can carry a shield that can deflect anything in existence, he decides to go shirtless through the galaxy. Yeah. And we yeah. all know why. To show off. Even we though, all know Even why. though the shield is see-through. Oh, come on. <laughs> and, well, and I love it that, like, this, this scene is with... with um, this is when Channing Tatum is, like, at this royal pa- uh, Braxis palace, right? Yeah, it's at Kalik's yeah. palace. Yeah, Kalik's palace. Like the 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 transition is so sloppy. Like, you know, I'm I'm not a cinematographer, but it's like it's so jarring that you're like, you know, uh, Mila Kunis is getting told that she is the mother of this like 14 million year old woman, and you're 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 you the audience, you're like. Not Whoa. million but. or thousand, sorry, fourteen thousand year old person, and you, the audience, you're like, whoa, 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 slow down. Okay, wait, hang on, and then then it's just like instant, instant. You just see like yeah, Channing Tatum, it's, like it's jumping back and forth. Yeah, is this when we find out scenes? how old the original Mila Kunis was? No, I don't think we do. I don't remember how old they were. Do you remember the old? I, I know the original mother, the mother when she died was. Ninety-one thousand years old or so. Wow. Yeah, because ninety-one thousand years, and you have three children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and none of them have kids yet. Oh my god! Imagine how pissed our mother would be. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good point. Um, so Kalik takes Mila to a fountain and gets naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and gets in. And after going in, she becomes way younger. And, and you completely get to, different. And you get to see her butt because yeah. it's a feminist movie. Also, spoiler alert, that fountain was filled with cum. Yeah. No, but we'll come back to that. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's a very 
sexual spin on it. Um, it's a fe- this... it's feminist. It, it, <laughs> so, it's, 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 this is, this, it's the show that she is a sexually liberated woman. So this is where the harvesting comes into play. Um, it turns out the fountain was basically filled with human uh, semen and eggs. so much. It was where's Mitchell when I need him? Um, it was filled with you know human DNA and whatnot, and it made her younger. Like also, I said, semen note, and eggs. Kalik, um, very shortly is going to drop off the face of this movie and never come back. Yeah, um, I, I asked. I, Vince came over to watch the second half of that, and I was like, "Is this? Where is this person?" <laughs> so Channing uh, still skating around outside uh, and get, gets discovered uh, skating around. You know, that'll happen when you're skating on space boots with the shirt off. Um, and we have yet another action scene with Channing Tatum. I'm so we also, wolf, but I only have ears and the sense of smell that look like a wolf. So we see <laughs> Mila. Mila and You're like Khalid. 10% wolf bitch at most. <laughs> we see Mila and Kalik talking about. How time is the most valuable resource. I guess Kalik's saying this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Kalik says, you know, in in the real galaxy, you know, uh, we don't fight over petty things like natural resources or land and, you know, space. There's an infinite amount of new space and resources and planets to harvest. The, the only resource that's worth fighting over is time which comes from natural resources and space and planets so so mila uh kalik tries to convince mila that uh to take over the earth and claim it to make changes um and i guess somehow like we'll just mention this now so because mila is royalty she has claim to the earth and um, that doesn't oh, yeah. really so, get explained. So, so, no, no, Dylan, it does because Kalik says that her mother wrote her future self into her will. Oh, so just okay. Because, just because Mila Kunis is by just sheer random coincidence a perfect DMA. genetic copy of the Abraxas matriarch she is now has the legal status of that now deceased Abra- Abraxas matriarch because the Abraxas matriarch wrote this possibility into her will. Which 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 is completely insane because it is that could like the chances of another identical twin being born to you years down the line, even if time goes on forever, is still close to infinite. Well, that in, in, that. I guess that, it's not impossible, though. That and the idea that anyone's respecting, like, that space law of that will, but no other space law in terms of attacking each other in the entire movie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we're just going to kill like, each oh, other, oh, 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 we, but it will. Let's, let's just ignore this. Uh, oh, yeah. no, someone's going to map. No one's gonna come after you. There's no rules here. You guys clearly control everything. Yeah. So he's that fucking noble. <laughs> like, While that's on. happening, Channing is still skating around um, and comes and gets there and comes up to Mila and Channing Tatum has has informed them that he contacted the space police and they are going to arrive soon. And the space police just come and no, there's no fight, and they just give away Mila to the space police, and <laughs> well, they're heading and to the Commonwealth Mystery in Oris, whatever the fuck that is. Ooh, so 
Um, I, if I had looked up the definition of the word orus, I would tell you that right now. And the definition of the word orus is valuable mineral. I am very surprised <laughs> that you have that ready. Oh, the way you presented that, Vince, was very so, strange. So now, now, after all of that commotion, y'all, we still have a long way to go. Um, we see the lizard dragon king being murdered by Balaam. Because, and, but no, know, no, it's not the Lizard Dragon King. It's just one who looks and sounds exactly like him, but it's just a normal dragon lizard. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was him. No, no, because you see the Mr. Grieghan, or whatever his freaking name is, in uh, Balin's office. Well, no, because Balin has a new dragon lizard leader after killing that one. Regardless, Sir Meta Knight murdered King K. Rool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the whole point is that one of the dragon lizards gets killed and the other one's still alive. Yeah. Uh, Have so, mercy, my lord. <laughs> Ch- Channing Tatum brings Mila Kunis some medicine. And they talk about how she is in an abraxax. And they keep talking about uh, this. And Mila all of a sudden talks about how she likes Channing Tatum and she then immediately Ooh, goes in, goes part. in goes in for a kiss, and Channing doesn't let her because she's royalty now. But she persi- persists, and eventually they end up leaving this conversation with Mila Kunis or going, "I love dogs." No, 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 no. So, so the Channing Tatum says, "No, it would be you don't understand. I have more in common with a dog than I have with you," and that's when Mila Kunis says. I love, I love dogs. dogs. I've always okay. loved dogs. So really weird <laughs> way to tell somebody who gets fully torqued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dogs? What? I mean, oh, I mean, he's gosh. a wolf, right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we yeah. see there. So that, that's that's why you see, um, you know, Mila. That's why you see Jupiter Jones cosplays a lot at a rainforest. What? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't yeah, understand yeah. that joke. But <laughs> so now we see their ship fly into a giant space station. Uh, this is the Oris. And when they arrive, Mila is greeted by a cyborg. Uh, this is like probably more cyborg than human than anything, but I'm calling it a cyborg. It's probably more of a robot. Why, why didn't cyborg? they have just a ooh, bunch of ooh, cyborgs ooh. go and kidnap people if they could just have animatronic people go and do their bidding for them? So, so Dylan, Dylan, are you talking about intergalactic abdicate Bob? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I don't know. <laughs> so she, she now, um, Mila... Uh, after all this, right? Also, still not that freaked out about everything that's happening. Yeah, she's she not- really chill about everything. She's like, whatever, dude. I get to wear some hot ass costumes. You know? So now, now she has to go Feminism, through. Baby. Uh, I get to the- play dress up and not have to pay for any of this <laughs> or go to work. She now has to go through the ascension process and file an inheritance. Um, from claim. herself, an inheritance claim from herself at a very beautiful. This scene place. is like essentially <laughs> exactly ripped off of uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, the first Harry Potter movie where they go to Grignox for the first time. So it's she then, very, very similar. Yes, she. We we then <laughs> proceed bad. to see <laughs> to see a montage of various bureaucratic cyborgs and aliens. 
Um, and eventually, and I'm talking, it's a pretty long montage. Go to this place. And it wasn't funny. Go, you got to go to this place. No, no, you're in the wrong line. Um, and then, and, and then you see like intergalactic advocate Bob like start to like spark and like hiss, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought this 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 robot here was freaking programmed to be my like aid through this. Why why is he freaking shorting out like when we're doing this? Like, was <laughs> this thing running Windows ninety eight? <laughs> like, <laughs> someone give this thing a new operating. I love system. I love that. That's what you got caught up on. <laughs> Watch this movie and see what Vince is talking about. And you're like, why did he even bring oh, that? Vince up? has. This is the third time Vince watched this movie. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. So uh, eventually, they have to bribe one of the bureaucrats to get a tax ID number. Which is, I'm like, all right. So they have all this technology, but they still have and it's all only this ten crap. credits. Yeah. Like, where is inflation gone with this, <laughs> this like, uh, millennial uh, fucking uh, system of money? Well, <laughs> and then it also, like, this is cre- this whole sequence is creating so many questions. So, you know, okay, it, you know, the whole thing with this, like, Abraxas family, where there it's like royalty, where it's like a royal family, but they're also businessmen. It's very like Frank Herbert's Dune, but like a really bad ripoff of Frank Herbert's Dune. But like yeah, a reference you, everyone knows. Everyone knows Frank Herbert's Dune. Yes. Yeah, everyone's definitely heard of that before. Yes. Yeah, I've heard yep. of that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I put on my hipster glasses here. Um, so. But like you're like okay, so okay, so so it's these like space monarchs, these like monarch business people that rule the galaxy, and then they go to this like this planet, this uh, Oris, and then there's like a galactic like government, and there's like space police, and it's like do the Abraxases. Like, do they rule the space police, or are they under the authority of the space police? And if they're under the authority of the space police, who rules Oris? And, like, and then also, like, wouldn't the Abraxases, if they're so insanely rich, wouldn't they be, like, bribing the space government to, like, have the space police not go after them? And then why is the first thing one of the space cops says to Mina Kunis when they get to the planet Oris, like, welcome to our over... (laughs) Welcome Welcome to our overpopulated slum planet. Like, and it's like, wait a minute. I thought the the Abraxas girl a little bit ago said that that people don't fight over space and resources anymore. Like, why is this planet an overpopulated hellhole slum world then? Like, welcome what, what is, to late stage capitalism. Yeah, and so. like, and why is this? Why is there this insanely inefficient, like, you know, bureaucracy? Uh, that where officials need to be bribed to actually do their jobs. It's like, what, 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 what is happening? What is happening? None of this makes sense. And it's like distracting. So eventually, (laughs) eventually they make it to another bureaucrat who uses an old fashioned hand powered machine to create an ID tattoo. That's glow in the dark. uh, For Mila. The best kind of tattoo. Honestly, this is one of the, like science fiction, does uh, power a lot of the future generations um, uh, technology things. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine the future of tattoos being like something like this because it sounds way more efficient than having somebody slowly write it out on your body. If you could have a computer just like fucking put your arm in a thing and 
Yeah, like 3D printed on you. Yeah. So oh, that's a good idea. Let's get on that. Moving on. He can. He says. <laughs> yeah, no, can, no, that's great. We can like totally like permanently ID like uh, e- e- you know Muslims, so that way we can put them through extreme Christ. screening when they go through the airport. Can, can we make a quick announcement? <laughs> That we're all pretty progressive people. This is a <laughs> it is a uh, comedy on the dark, dark situation that is happening right now, and the only yes, reason I, I don't these actually jokes. support profiling Muslims <laughs> or anyone. Yeah, um, no, no, thing, wait, I'm totally all, all we, for profiling like Italians. Those like <laughs> greasy losers are just cannot be trusted. <laughs> I don't think I agree with that either. But uh, also, we are all. I, I think it's fair to say we are all uh, try to be a joking, in our joking. lives as well. If, if it has gotten a little out of hand, either way, we're going to continue on with the Vince story. Is Italian, line. by yes, the way. yes. So yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I will um, I will use Italian racial stereotypes as much as I want. It's empowering. Yeah. So he says, uh, congratulations after giving her her ID tattoo and says, my deepest condol- condolences. And she's like, what? But we'll get back to it. He was also um, like, <laughs> making all those weird noises the whole time. <laughs> Channing, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis have a moment talking about what happens next. And they get a little bit deep, but we're not going into the actual dialogue, um, except for this. Things don't, this doesn't change the things that matter to me or who I care about, which is what Mila says. And I'm thinking, okay, so you just got abducted by aliens several times. You almost died. Um, you found out that you're uh, the mother reincarnate of some siblings that are 14,000 years old. You are royalty. You can control bees and inherited a planet, yet nothing changed. The fuck it does it, Mila. She's, like, yeah. way too fucking content for her the way her life has just been flipped upside down. Yeah, she's, like, it, it's, like, imagine if in the Matrix, like... When Neo first like dis like is shown what the Matrix actually is and his part in it, imagine if he was just like, oh, "That's cool." No, I mean, hey, I mean, I was worried that my life would amount to nothing, but hey, at least I can always know that I, if nothing else, I'm a battery. I'm still important to someone else. Imagine if you were in your own real life and you found out Pokemon are actually real and it was no big deal to you. And that's half as much as what Mila Kunis is going through in this movie. So as Mila and Channing Tatum get close, Mila tells Channing Tatum, go ahead and bite me. And that's a real line in the movie. And uh, he doesn't uh, bite her. And they get a little because more. Because she's an entitled. And then he doesn't Mila, want to get court-martialed again. As they're talking, Mila finds out that Stinger, or Ned Stark, um, is... And Channing are trying to get back into Legion, and that's why they're helping her. But as they talk about why they're helping her, Stinger, or Ned Stark, comes in with a group of soldiers and guns, and they take them. And also, uh, Ned Stark has um, uh, Familius, uh, the, that's uh, Titus Abraxas's half-human, half-deer servant girl. Yeah, well, well, which and we, I don't know why she's listed as a half human, half deer when she has ram's horns and not deer horn, deer antlers. That's kind of interesting. So some geneticist 
was like not doing their job right. They're like, hey, Bob, did you combine the human DNA with the ram DNA, the deer DNA? I, I don't know. I just slapped the label on it. <laughs> so now we see a really badass spaceship flying into another badass space station. And on it is Mila, who is taken to Titus Abraxas. And Titus welcomes Mila with a kiss on the hand, like anybody would do. And Mila obviously <laughs> is not happy about being detained. And um, she starts to cite inner uh, universal space law code to Titus out of nowhere. You're yeah, in direct she, violation she does... of statute 27B slash 6. Yeah, what? like like uh, Rainbow versus Gilcrest and Esquire. <laughs> she just knows prior, it all Prior to this, I was... Uh, this is when I was snoozing off in the movie, which is about halfway through, which, yeah. oh my god, what the fuck, guys? Um, but, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but uh, then I woke up and I was like, I really don't think I missed that much. Like, I, and I actually fall asleep and just had my eyes closed for a second, but I was like, how does she know what's happening right now? Yeah. They, I thought I fell asleep for a very long time. So yeah, she, it's, like, it's like she quotes this stuff like she's a law clerk. Like, they, this is something they really needed to show her becoming proficient with galactic legal code. Because yeah. I don't I mean, know if she, you ever read, like, some legal Yeah, you ever read the galactic legal code like Vince has? Vince, explain it to us. It's not, an, <laughs> it's not a page-turner. It's really <laughs> dense and hard to get through. Yeah, Vince well, did so much also, more research than Mitchell would have done on this movie. <laughs> she, she also claims... That she's gonna file a tax grievance. Yeah, when she I love that. Yeah, but like explain the details of that. Well, yeah, so first of all, so it turns out that Sam Bernstein is actually like part of a hive mind entity called the Bernstein. For our global listeners, Sam Bernstein's such a famous lawyer in Southeast Michigan. Yeah, like. Uh, um, I mean, you can clearly tell his daughter with that lazy eye is an alien. And like, uh, well, isn't his is it wasn't isn't one of his kids blind? That's, That's what right. Anyway, so, um, so why are you so, clearly alien person? Clearly Moving alien. On. So so basically, they're the burn scenes are a hive mind, and they're puppet vessels. Watch, that turns out to be true, Dylan. Then who's gonna be making fun of this now? Okay, moving no, on. Go on. Yeah. She, um. <laughs> She uh, says, I'm going to file a tax grievance if you don't do what I want. And she wants to go to Earth. And Titus is like, okay. And I now, see you've been studying galactic law. So, <laughs> so now we see Channing. Um, and Channing Tatum comes there. And he's questioning the captains. Uh, he's questioning them for capturing royals. Mm-hmm. And they end up putting him in space jail. And Mila, ooh, ooh, so I love this. They put him in the space jail, and then the the half deer, half human creature, like you know, is watching him be put into the cell. And he goes, "Where is Mila Kunis? Like, where is Titus Abraxas?" He's like, "I don't know. I can't see. I'm one of the Bernstein brothers." (laughs) (laughs) And then, so. And then, so, and then, and then the, the half human, half deer thing says, Oh, didn't you hear? Uh, Mina Kunis is dining with uh, Lord Abraxas. 
unless they've moved on to dessert. And then she winks, like, super obviously. Oh, I, like, I where that. did that come from? Uh, I can't so, use this joke enough, but feminism. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> unless you moved on to dessert, a.k.a. women, which are my favorite dessert. Wink, wink. So, so Mila gets dressed up in an all-black dress um, to go talk and have dinner with Titus. And meanwhile, Channing Tatum's trying to break out of the cell, but it's not going well. Uh, break Titus, out of the cell, then it's just a bunch of sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Titus and Mila have dinner, um, and Titus tells Mila about how he knows more about her than she knows about him because she knows his mother's eyebrow movements. And Titus <laughs> says that Mila is in love with Channing Tatum, which ends up being true, but nonetheless, you don't know Mila. Stop talking As like you do. You don't know Mila like I do. So they talk about how Titus's sister, Kalik, um, they talk about her a little, talk a little gossip, right? And Titus takes Malia, Malia, Mila, and shows her the solution that makes people young again. Um, and he tells her that it takes 100 people to make solution in the size uh, that he has is basically yeah, like a they, they, two. They, yeah, they, for some reason, this crazy, this, this commodity, this, like, youth juice... It literally is just a... It looks like semen. It looks so gross. It looks so gross. Like, when, yeah, they drop it and the the vial it's in, like, breaks, it looks so gunky and nasty. It's just just a bunch of fucking gum. Basically, humans are And, like, I love it that they... They, there's this this resource that is crazy important to the plot, and they don't even have the decency to give it a freaking real name. They're like, it has many names, uh, Bingle Bongle and Fizzle Warp, and also Nectar. Well, but it's like, know, just, yeah, just give it a freaking it's name. De- it's definitely just come. Yeah. Perfect segue, um, because we're gonna take an advertisement break here. Ooh. And uh, both of you are going to come up with an, adver- an advertisement for this. And today, our sponsor is uh, Titus's Human Juice. So you both get to describe that to us, uh, and we'll be back in just a little bit. But here we go. Titus's Human Juice. Go ahead. So, Nick, like, uh, you ever, like, looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, like, dang, like, I really hope I look like this forever. Uh, yeah, I, I I do almost every day. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I love staring at myself in the mirror, like, all the time. Oh, my God, I wish I loved staring at myself in the mirror, but I just don't like how I look. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. You know, I don't like how you look either, but it, I could like how you look. Uh, how, please, enlighten me. Well, so, uh, the Abraxas family youth juice, people juice, it's sometimes derogatorily known. So, get this. So, it it comes in an easy-to-store container... And you just add some, you know, to your to your bath water. Like, take a bath, and you uh, emerge from said bath water looking like you are in your early 20s. Do I need to swallow it or put a lot of it all over my face? Oh, oh, you need to just slather it over your face. Like, let it get into every orifice. Oh, I can do that. 
Oh, good. Like, you know, I'm sure if you made some, like, the video of it being, you know, slathered on your face and posted it online, you'd really get a, a following. Titan's bath juice. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Titus human juice. Definitely not Titus bath juice. Also not an infomercial. But thanks for listening to our commercial. <laughs> um... Jeez, you guys, that's the longest ad break ever. I hope you are refreshed because we have another half an well, hour of to course. go. If you use the juice, you probably are. Yeah, seriously, Dylan, we're both 22 now. Yeah. So Mila, who is holding this solution that took 100 humans to create, drops it and it breaks. And, Titus- and it, like I said, like me and Nick were saying, it looks so gunky and nasty And Titus tells Mila that his mother was trying to stop the business and that he intends on continuing this mission. And he tells Mila that he is going to make her his heir by marrying her. And And he proposes. This this is the so I wrote down in my notes. So so this whole sequence, like since they got to Titan Titus Abraxas's ship, so um uh, when they first get to it, I wrote down my notes. I'm sorry, who are you? And then, like, a minute later, I wrote, I wrote lol, what? And then, like, uh, there's a couple different points after that. I was a time, I wrote down a time stamp, and I wrote, lol, what? And then, at that point, which is, we're an hour and 16 minutes into the film, I wrote, what the hell? Because it's a dude who's 14,000 years old proposing to marry his mother, who is, like, <laughs> 19. Who, 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 is, who is essentially, at this point, like, it'd be like someone being one years old, like, less than one years old. Yeah, in yeah terms I of mean, your timeline. But, like, besides that point, like, the mother part was like, geez. Yeah, like, he's, she's identical to yeah, their, she, her, yeah. his actual mother, who yeah. only had three kids in the span of... Like and you know what, Vince? I think it's funny that you were thinking that because when I was watching this, what I was thinking, it was like I'm like, okay, this is reminding me of when I proposed to Anna. You know, I had just <laughs> finished talking to her about harvesting people and sucking the life out of them, and then bam, marriage proposal. You yeah, know? you were just like, you know, Anna, you look exactly like Gail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, so now we see Ned Stark well, talking with Validus, really which is quick. a deer human hybrid, but go ahead, Vince. Uh, sorry. So um uh so while we're talking about on the subject of, you know, distractingly weird stuff about Titus Abraxas, so the actor who plays him, Douglas Booth, um, he was quoted as saying that uh he, he thinks that his spaceship in the movie like looks like a cross between a um you know gothic you know catholic cathedral and the playboy mansion so it, honestly like that i that seems like a great place to have like between the the orgy pit like you know, the orgy <laughs> pod you know and the, the like, marriage dome too. like i think this is the perfect place to get married and you the know broken cum container <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously right, so we now see ned stark talking with Falamus, which is um the deer human hybrid crony i guess yeah ned, ned is upset um that he betrayed uh channing or king 
And Ned tells the space government about what happened and tells them to hurry up or they won't be able to save Channing. So he's saying, oh, I did this is my fault. Right. So Channing um, is taking out of the jail and speaks with Titus, who tells him about how he loves to lie. And that they are planning mm-hmm. to toss him into the void which means send him into space. So Mm -hmm. they launch him into space, and he uses his space boots to cut himself free because he had his hands tied behind his back, then Mm -hmm. somehow deploys a space suit that he just had in his pocket that nobody thought to check before trying to Oh, hold on. You got this sequence wrong a little bit. He broke the space suit suit off of the wall that space suits were on in a wall that they execute people in. Yeah, in the, the, the airlock where they're going to throw him out into space, there's just, like, spacesuit packs there's easy like, on the wall. There's accessible spacesuit packs. Oh, it yeah. makes sense. Normal. They couldn't yeah. just shoot him in the head. Yeah. You know, they yeah. have to do it. Well, like, and, and then, and then you know, when I was re- re-watching this with Nick earlier today, so I'm going to bring up again my point about how because Pause, pause. This... Did you watch okay. this movie twice today, Vince? Uh, I watched it once yesterday and again today oh, and gosh. once in 2015 in theaters. Oh, man. So um, so, so I'm going to bring up again, you know, the, my criticism. B- because this film n- never explains, clearly gives you any of what the rules of its technology are, you never feel any tension or stakes in these scenes. Like in this scene where you're, where, you know, Chetting Tatum gets thrown out into space while handcuffed and it's supposed to be this tense moment. So it's supposed to be like, oh my gosh, is Channing Tatum going to die? But then he like just uses his like, uh, you know, air like, Hovers rollerblades to break the handcuffs and then grabs one of these like little like pocket sized spacesuits that instantly forms a spacesuit around him. And you're just like, what, like, uh, this technology can do ev- anything. Like, I, I don't, I literally, you, it's impossible to know, like, how threatening anything is in this movie. It's basically like, all right, so like, uh, if you think of, uh, uh, Infinity Wars, the very first scene yeah. of that movie, um, where Thor like gets like left to de- for dead in space. Like you think you're not positive he if he if he's dead or not, but then the Guardians of the Galaxy came and rescue him. But this one is even more ridiculous than that aspect of it because it's just like oh here's a convenient spacesuit that's just floating out here with me that just magically comes around me. Right. So he deploys the spacesuit, and the ship that had thrown him out of it jumps to hyperspace, and we hear something that says, Heal, you only have 37 minutes of air remaining. So now we see Earth, and we see Mila Kunis's family, the Russian family, and they're yelling at the cousin for trying to get Mila to sell her eggs. As like, Do you treat should. your cousin like chicken? <laughs> <laughs> and as they're yelling at him, um, an army of the lizard dragons fall through the ceiling and they growl at the family and say, you're the mother. Be gentle with this one. And that's what we see there. So Mm -hmm. then we see Channing uh, floating in space, daydreaming about um, Mila. And he he was smelling something. (laughs) What? So I think he was smelling something because he did the exact same sequence when he smelled something earlier. I don't know what he was smelling. I don't know. But he sees Mila. Mila Kunis wore that spacesuit before him. He was smelling a memory. He was smelling a memory. (laughs) um, 
The next thing that we see is Mila Kunas getting ready to marry Titus. And she's starting to have second thoughts. Oh, can I just, really? Can I just say that this is the most beautiful scene of the movie? Like, Her dress if, was. If, if, if there's one thing this amazing. movie has, yeah, everything that's involved in how it looks is amazing. Like, cinematography's amazing. The costume designs are amazing. Like, I mean, I really wish the story would have been a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of story, while Mila uh, is waiting to uh, uh, to get married, asks, can I speak to, you know, Channing Tatum because he's sexy. And Titus <laughs> tells her that, you know, he attacked some people, which is He's not true. shirtless anymore. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Titus He's sworn gives, to never take his shirt off again. <laughs> Titus gives her a thing which I believe was like a a pardon, um, for um, the which future. again, like it just adds another layer of confusion because it's like, wait a minute. So if the Abraxasi is are so like uh, powerful and politically well connected that they can just hey, I got a like a presidential pardon just for a blank check presidential pardon for whoever wants it like how do they also not have enough power to say hey space police you're not allowed to come after us right yeah well maybe it was the bees yeah the bees the bees yeah <laughs> a stinger yeah. i really um, wish there was like some fucking bee people in this that would make a lot there more was sense stinger yeah, stinger yeah stinger's not a bee person his name's stinger he's a bee titus uh begins to walk away and mila agrees to marry him um, and, uh, I was thinking, you know, this guy's about to marry the reincarnation of his mom, um, and that's definitely a little weird. And it's so distractingly weird that, like, on top of everything that's going on, like, stuff like this, it, like, it simultaneously takes you out of the experience and, like, traps your brain at that point yeah, in because, time because you're like, like trying to reconcile how this makes sense and all, yeah because you're kind of like did i miss something like is this guy really trying to marry re- reincarnation of his mother or did i miss some part of this like it because there's so much going on yeah um it is really really out there and so now we see <laughs> channing tatum and ned stark are in the brig and Channing Tatum is asking him questions. Um, and if they just basically ask him two questions, like, all right, even though you betrayed us, you're on the same team now. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Well, and-, and then, so I I love this next scene because, um, you know, Channing Tatum and Ned Stark need to get into these, like, battle suits. And Channing Tatum is like, no. I need Stinger. Like, he uh, he's the only one who's ever gotten through a whole field of Warhammers with me. <laughs> and uh, it's like, so, uh, so, you know, so like I said, how, like, the part of the plot of this film, it, it feels like a, a bad, like, ripoff of Frank Herbert's Dune. The visuals are very inspired by Warhammer 40K, which is a tabletop miniatures game that I play. And I think calling these things Warhammers is just their little, like, wink, wink, nod, nod, we play Warhammer 2, like, you know, kind of thing. Because it, they're essentially little asteroids. Yeah, they're, they're little asteroids, but it's like the. And the they ships, might be able to shoot at you, I'm not positive. Yeah, it's not quite clear what they can do, but it, it's like the spaceships and things look so freaking War, Warhammer 40K. It's like, 
they, they should have just called these things 40Ks, is what they should have just called them. <laughs> and Mila, who now is in yeah. her wedding dress and yeah. walks into a hall that has yeah, thousands of people. Yeah, and this scene is beautiful. Oh, wait, this is it a scene. It looks I, beautiful. What scene was I talking about earlier? This is a scene I meant to say that was yeah. the most beautiful scene in the movie. Yeah. I was questioning it, but yeah, I just I, let it go. I, 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 you know the scene where he walks away and she yeah. says, I'll marry you. Yeah, so Mila sorry, is now <laughs> in her was, wedding dress and walks into the hall that has thousands of people suddenly in it. And, and and yeah, it's it's it is it's like a church and it's a church and the Playboy Mansion all together in a spaceship. This is on a this is on a space station, right? Yeah, spaceship. And, okay, yeah. go on. You meanwhile, can skip ahead a little bit. Meanwhile, uh, Channing anything Tatum. that happens with Channing Tatum in this point, yeah, he's float. He's trying to fight through asteroids. I don't. I don't. I have a lot of words, but let me get through them here. Um. Channing Tatum and Ned Stark are preparing for the rescue. Uh, they also have awesome spacesuits that they're going to fly in. And Mila is riding on her floating platform across the wedding hall. And Titus is informed that they're under attack, but the wedding must go on. Here mm-hmm. comes Ned Stark and Channing Tatum. Cue awesome special effects, special effects space battle. So and I is, love it that they say Warhammers so many times. Like, here come the Warhammers. Ugh, so, Warhammers. Titus. Like, take out the Warhammers. Oh, the Warhammers. <laughs> it's like, guys, we get it. We get Titus it. starts to give his vows. And this is one another one of those scenes where we jump back and forth. So there's a space battle Ugh, going Warhammers. on simultaneously. Wait, do you, Titus Abraxas, being of sound mind and body, oh, the Warhammers. So part of this process with the vows is they get holographic rings that bind them together. Um, So, uh, you know, as Vince said, uh, Titus says his vows gets his rings. Now it's Mila's turn. And as she's doing it, there's this space stuff going on. um, And you have to say, I enter into this union, blah, blah, blah. Basically, Mila gets to the point where she's almost done. And she starts to hear the space battle. And um, apparently what is going to happen. You can hear shit in space, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, Warhammers, Nick, Nick, Nick. It's <laughs> <the> Warhammers. <laughs> so she hesitates, and Channing Tatum comes flying oh, in again for the third or fourth time in this movie. And Mila realizes now that Titus was lying and was gonna kill her after they're married because somehow that's how space law works. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. So once that ring was tattooed on her finger, like. It would be legal for him to kill her of dog. I guess yeah. he probably would inherit everything from the marriage after she died. Okay. Yeah. I think well, this... space law is so strange. Well, yeah. and also, uh, like... So... Also, also, wait, hold on, before you start, Vince, uh, also yeah. Yeah. Warhammers. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> A whole field of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, like, no, no, really, the important point here, so they have to put their hands on this little hand tattoo doohickey to, like, get the, like, wedding ring tattoos. So... When Mina Kunis is like, she starts to put her hand on there, and she hears the big boom, and she's like, what was that? And then uh, she takes her hand away, and uh, Titus Abraxas is like, no, I'm going to marry you. And he, like, grabs her wrist and, like, forces her hand back on the tattoo machine, and she just meekly goes, no. And uh, um, doesn't attempt to, like, take her hand away. 
at all or fight back or anything like this this is a really inspiring female protagonist like <laughs> this is like for like i'm sure like, none of you are listening to this are actually gonna get when when you make fluttershy look aggressive and socially belligerent like you you know you have a freaking weak pathetic character here <laughs> 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 I'm not exactly sure what you just said, Vince. But yeah. I think I think what you might have just said is very offensive. Um, but we're gonna move on from that. I don't I think, think he's ta- I think he's talking about a camera app, right? No, no. Like uh um No, uh... no, we're moving on. <laughs> Okay, I don't man. know what that point was. We're moving on. Well, the point is, no, really, the point is that, like, this is a really weak, pathetic female character. That, like, this, this man is trying to force her to marry him. And she, like, she doesn't even fight him at all. She's just like, no. And, like, doesn't, like, okay, I'll keep my hand held there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she was, like, thinking what she was doing, right, was... Um, saving people because that's what he led her to believe, and like she wasn't sure. I don't know. I but I hear, I hear what you're saying. Moving on, Channing Tatum comes in and rescues Mila Kunis and takes her to the government spaceship. So I don't I don't mean to cut you off just again, but Channing Tatum crashes through this spaceship. And saves her by doing nothing. Like, there's, like, no guards there. All he does is point a gun point. at the, the guy marrying him. <laughs> like, After they knew he was coming, too. <laughs> Can I kill him now? No, let him be. He was my he was my fiancé for a second. Whatever. <laughs> like, oh, 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 um, apparently, um, uh, crashing through a space station doesn't bother it remotely yeah there's, it doesn't there is no yeah. mass panic at all there's just yeah there's no like getting sucked out into the void of space you just you just have a hole in the wall you know it needs <laughs> yeah. to get patched up put some tarp over that this? also like on that same point like this entire epic space battle that just happened outside is just over just like this and they're allowed to leave like oop caught your flag time out time out i quit time out <laughs> like what yeah. happened like it's just <laughs> over with and they get to just leave and we see yeah seriously we see mila kunas um throws that pardon to channing tatum and channing accepts it and tries to talk to her but she's pissed and she just wants to go home so she doesn't And Channing Tatum takes her home, which is a place that no one would be looking for her. And waiting there is one of, (laughs) um, is Balaam's rat face human alien mix guy. Chicanery Knight. Yes, Mr. Knight. And he says that they're going to take her. And he has the dragon lizard king there with him too. Here's one of the vocab words from earlier. He says that they're going to take her and abdicate her title, which means renounce one's throne. Uh, which, if you didn't look that up, I, I didn't know what it was. And, uh, you know, I'm a delivery driver. So um, so, Chan- <laughs> so Channing says they aren't going to go. And Mila is concerned that her family, who was captured by, you know, rat face Mr. Knight, uh, decides to go anyway. And now is going and, like, off to I love the this, third that, like, sibling. Th- 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 what the, like Nick was saying earlier, what the space law like not apply in hostage situations? <laughs> Why are you allowed to just be like, yeah, I just took your family hostage. Okay, man, I, I, if only there were like 
co- like FBI like all around me right now, like literally like in the same room listening to this conversation. So and now uh, Mila Kunis is being escorted to Balaam's place by no one else on but Jupiter. the lizard dragons. And mm-hmm. the space police follow behind, but their ship can't handle the storm when heading into Balaam's space station. And why do they build a space station on Jupiter? Is that just for hubris because of how impossibly hard it would be? Yeah, inside the yeah, great red know. spot. It, so, will they make it Let's seem like... Let's build a fucking community on a mm-hmm. goddamn giant hurricane. Yeah, it, in the middle of the like biggest hurricane imaginable. <laughs> so, Mila arrives um, at Balaam's place and walks towards him and apparently is just let into the room with just him and is allowed to walk freely, but... Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, walks towards him and goes, where's my family? And then oh, he goes, you should have stayed dead. My mother never cleaned it. And I'm going to read some dialogue for you. My mother never cleaned a toilet in her life. And Mila goes, maybe that was the problem. And Balaam goes, yeah, maybe you my mother. Maybe in the, the Harry Potter universe where you can uh, just uh, magically wisp away your poop. Right. My mother <laughs> taught me. What was necessary? Sorry, I have to put my Balaam voice on. To rule you do. The universe. And Mila goes, like, killing people. And then Balaam just screeches, I create life! I create life! I create life! <laughs> and I destroy it. Life is an act of consumption. To live is to consume. And then Balaam goes on to talk about free market capitalism and how it's so great and profits are important. Yeah, it's like, no, Sue, that's actually what I was talking about with Nick. He goes like, life is a pyramid. There's some people at the bottom whose life will never be as important as the lives of those at the top. <laughs> yeah, Except and a then, million times harder to hear. Nike! Uh, Amazon! <laughs> <Yeah>. Facebook! <laughs> Microsoft! What? <laughs> Hi, I'm the paper guy. Any problems? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's me, Clippy. <laughs> so uh, Mila responds, is that why you killed her? And bam, she gets slapped in the face. How dare you by Bala. He's like, and how dare you? So we now see Ned Stark and Channing Tatum talking about how Channing Tatum has been living without love and needs to go save Mila Kunis. <laughs> And I know you're Bal- half wolf and half man, but you Bal- gotta go fuck a full woman. <laughs> <laughs> Balam shows Mila her family, um, and they're surrounded by the lizard dragons. And Mila begins, um, begs him to stop and will do or anything that he says to save them. And Balem sends her, gives her a tablet. <laughs> Ooh, and then really quick, so he, she says, "I'll do anything if you can let." The space police, you know, take them to safety, and Billiam says, "You are no position to dictate terms to me." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you literally get are. Get this motherfucker a Red Bull. What <laughs> yeah, the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then yeah, but I mean, seriously, think about it. Like, <laughs> like, m- 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 she, what's her name? Me, Mila Kunis. All she has to is? do, <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> All she has to do to thwart the villain's plans is nothing. Like, if she does literally nothing, his plans are screwed. And if she does not willingly, 
sign so, this contract. You, you can't do anything. Because... So I don't understand why is he saying you're like, no position to make demands. She's the one who's in position to make demands. Yeah, as, as the audience, though, you don't know that, and it just shows. You do language. know that, oh, and you, she knows that no, too. You, you, you don't. Do because- you do. What are you talking about? You don't yeah. know that she has to sign over rights at this point yet. All he yeah, did was hand exactly her a tablet. That's, that's exactly what he's saying. That's exactly what he says. He says that later, but I don't know this No, point. right there. We, Dylan, we just watched this. I watched this movie three times, and we All just right. watched it, like, a few hours ago. All right. Um, either way, um, the, we flashed to, and, and this is going to be great. I actually prepared something special for this point. So here comes Channing Tatum. Dylan, Dylan uh, setting another joke. Oh, I just, I want to get through the whole thing first because otherwise, like, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. um, here comes Channing Tatum to step up. He flies through the Jupiter storm, and mm-hmm. with a little magic, he might just make it. And he just needs to let go of Mila in this movie. And it seems like this is the end because everything is going haywire. And it, he turns to make the vow. He's trying to make the vow and become a kingsman. And at this point in the movie, there are 28 hateful minutes left in it. Well, Dylan, uh, I think by you using all of Channing Tatum movies, you gave Vince an orgasm. <laughs> also... 21 and 22nd Jump Street, just because I couldn't fit them in there. Oh, never mind. He's not finished yet. <laughs> that took me like 30 minutes to write, so you're welcome, audience. But nonetheless, he crash lands, and we see Mila Kunis getting ready to sign over her title. <laughs> her title of Earth. Um, and she asks how long... Um, until Balem harvests the earth, and he says, you will not have to see it, don't worry. And Mila second-guesses her decision, and she realizes now that Balem can't touch the earth if she doesn't sign it over. So Balem warns her that this is not a game, and then Ratface Mr. Knight comes in and warns of the grav hall rupturing, and things are starting to go haywire in Jupiter. Well, and I love this, that, like, as Nick pointed out, early in the movie, we see Channing Tatum crash a spaceship through, like, a wall uh, and like of another spaceship, and it does nothing. And then here, Channing Tatum crashes his spaceship, like, through, like, one little part of this giant space station <laughs> factory's <laughs> hull. And then all of a sudden, the whole factory station starts to explode. Yeah. It's like, how does, how is that, like, how is it that causing one tiny little hull breach blows up the entire station this just seems like such insanely bad design that it oh, yeah, well, built it on fucking jupiter's red fucking hurricane dot. yeah <laughs> so in comes channing uh tatum 21 jump street just kidding uh channing tatum comes to save uh mila kunis and balem starts choking mila and she kicks him and he falls down and he orders his people to kill her <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Channing flies her away very quickly, uh, kisses her very intensely, Nick. In the middle of a firefight. Yeah. Then goes back to fight. 
uh, uh, again, strong. it was very nice of the enemies to to let them like pause and let them make out there. If it hasn't been said enough, very strong feminist movie where Mila Kunis <laughs> yes. has to be saved by the male hero. Yeah, the shirtless very. male hero. I kept yeah. not sure that he was still shirtless. Uh, I mean, but. he usually is. So, um, Belem yeah. <laughs> and Mila. Uh, eventually, some action happens, but Belem and Mila meet while the station is exploding, and Mila just shoots him in the leg instead of killing him for some reason. Oh and, yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh, um, so, uh, so Joe Biden. This is this is Joe Biden's platform on anti-cop stuff. Like, so don't shoot him in the head. Why don't you just shoot him in the leg? Corn pop? I found Uncle Corn Pop. Oh, jeez. We're in trouble. Uh. (laughs) It's it's so so true, though. It's just so true. (laughs) The station's exploding, uh, which makes um, Mila Kunis fly through the air. Um, And Channing Tatum is fighting. Uh, one of the dragon lizards. And that He's fighting dragon, the dragon lizard king. Yeah, and the dragon lizard king is choking him, and he eventually gets free. Mila, with so, so no, I want to point so this weird. out. So the the dragon lizard king has seen Channing Tatum like fly around on his air roller blades, okay? And so he, he starts strangling strangling Channing Tatum with his tail. Then he, the dragon lizard king, flies up in the air, uh, implying that he's gonna like hold Channing Tatum over like a pit and drop him in. And I'm just like, man, you know this scene certainly would have a lot of tension if it wasn't super well established that Channing Tatum can fly with his air roller blades and it would be really inconvenient if the dragon lizard king had seen him use these to fly around effortlessly like 10 seconds ago right. you know why didn't anyone take these boots off this guy <laughs> yeah, seriously so um he gets free and and Mila Kunis <laughs> yeah. is still floating through the air but oh, she, she and, grabs onto a staircase oh, why is she stopping as she She's floating up. Is it because she wants to find Channing Tatum? Like I don't, I didn't. Get I, that. I, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Like Mila Kunis and uh, Eddie Redmayne fall into this like giant air vent, and they're being blown through the giant air vent. And I have to say, this like uh, you know Balaam Abraxas. What a sissy wiener villain. <laughs> like, this is the one of the most unthreatening, unintimidating villains I've seen in a long time. So like, that the fact that they're trying to present him in the climax of the movie as if he's like an actual like intimidating threat to Mina Kunis is like is laughable. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dragon lizard and Channing Tatum are battling midair. Um yep. again, who would he be without his his gravity boots or uh, like rollerblade space yeah (laughs) and mila finds a gravity lift and starts floating up again um and channing tatum beats his opponent and mila gets back on land somehow and it starts to explode immediately so i want to say before channing tatum beats the dragon lizard king um, they they do one of those you know moments where the the villain has the hero like beaten down and the villain gloats over the hero, which gives the hero time to beat the villain. But the this was my mom's favorite line of dialogue in the movie. She thought this was the worst line of dialogue in the movie. Where the so the dragon lizard king throws Channing Tatum on the ground and says, "You hurt me." 
so I'm gonna slash you. And and my <laughs> my mom kept saying like that is like you hurt me. That is something a four year old says. You, how did they spend all this money and time on this? And that's the best line they can come up with. Well, like, you know that the Dragon Lizard Kings aren't getting schooling from Balaam. You know, <laughs> uh, all this vocabulary in the movie. That's a good point to just have some terrible line of dialogue. Um, we do find out that uh, Channing Tatum is saving Mila's family. Um, and Mila has a very dramatic scene where she climbs up a quickly deteriorating spaceship. And somehow, mm-hmm. Balaam g- catches up to her. Which yeah, despite having being shot in the leg. And, and now, just like Colonel Mustard has a lead pipe. And Balaam <laughs> talks about how he killed... <laughs> I gave him another one. <laughs> so Balaam talks about um, how he killed his own mother, um, and it was kind of like this, and that he's going to kill her um, again. And then he chops her she head off. She me to do it. Then he chops her head off and fade to black. End of movie. Yeah, it was that was a, a really bold twist ending. I, really I mean, I, honestly, that. I probably would have respected the movie a lot more. Maybe not. Yeah, that's how it ended. <laughs> but no, of course, Mila Kunis fights back, and Balaam uh, says that the mom begged him to kill her, and he she. this is my favorite line of the movie. Mila Kunis goes, I am not your damn mother. Yeah, <laughs> I love that line, Just seriously. like that, I'm not your damn mother. No, yeah, this movie really takes into question deeply nature versus nurture. And she leaves him to die, but doesn't kill him again, and he just falls off into the abyss, so we're assuming that he dies. Um, yeah, it, it's like, it, it, and, and again, like I was saying, you know, it's like she beats him down really easily. Like, it's not a engaging, like, fight scene. And yeah, and it's like it's so and there's funny. No, we already established that there's no stakes. Yeah, there's no stakes, and it's so weird. Here, the climax of the movie, where you have the reincarnated queen of the galaxy fighting one of the wealthiest, <laughs> most powerful fourteen-year-old, fourteen thousand-year-old people. Year old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, it, you know, and the, it's happening in this like you know. Um, this like you know genocide factory that's exploding and it's just it's a sissy wiener with a leg wound like flailing helplessly at a a woman who just picked up a random lead pipe it's the most like underwhelming like dull like (laughs) weirdly down to earth like fight in the whole movie i think sissy wiener with a leg wound might be the weirdest combination of words i've heard in a while but i'm gonna keep moving on from that mila falls also um but before hitting the ground of course comes space boots channing tatum to save her and and then also put a space suit on her yep for no particular because they they needed that to breathe a second ago <laughs> 20 minutes even though later. they didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the rescue ship uh, starts to take some damage, and they have to leave. And this is before they board, um, which causes Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis to have a badass boot skating march to the ship before it leaves. Very much drama-filled scene there, but again, no stakes because you know what's going to happen. And they make mm. it just in time. So our last couple scenes are we see 
Mila Kunis's family waking up in the morning, just like at the beginning of the movie. And the mom tells Mila to wake up and get coffee, but Mila is already up and awake and tells her, hey, I made you breakfast. We see Mila again cleaning toilets, and she has this tattoo still, so we know everything that happened was real, um, which is good, I guess. They at least didn't try to say all this was a dream. Um, The family gathers for a meal. It turns out this family that doesn't have a lot of money spends $5,000 on a telescope for a person (laughs) who just spent... And and they wrap it in fucking newspaper. (laughs) Also, (laughs) a little bit pointless of a gift now, don't you think? Like, Mila just literally became queen of the space and was in space, so, like, what do you need a telescope for? And also, why are you romanticizing about this telescope from your father that you'd never met? I guess. I don't know. I guess when your mother visually made fun of him for looking at the stars in, like, the first scene, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and that that he got shot trying to, like, save his telescope. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to, um, and they want to celebrate with her but she's like no i got i got a date um with channing tatum so i'm definitely going on that you know and <laughs> i'm not she, hanging out with you losers anymore and you, you but she freaking doesn't fat slavic losers <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out um also like this entire family is living in the same house and there's like 12 of them and they're buying five thousand dollar telescopes like no wonder you all live together but <laughs> so um, she doesn't tell anyone she owns the Earth, and she's on a rooftop in the city with uh, Channing Tatum, and they're getting a little romantic. On the Willis Tower. And, Willis Tower uh, in uh, the United States, I believe. Our Chicago <laughs> expert for you. And Channing Tatum uh, has wings now, and this turns on Malia Kun- Malia. <laughs> she is definitely into bestiality. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, like, I, I like dogs. Like those. Oh, you got wings now? Oh, oh, mm. <laughs> Uh, and here, I thought I could only find stuff about, like, going on dates with human eagle dogs on DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs> so, she also has super awesome space boots, and they fly around the city only to land on 21, or was it 22nd Jump Street? Roll credits. <laughs> Gosh, and and so... What's so with these like super effective space boots? What's the point of wings? Uh, that's why I think it's just for I think that's just a sex appeal type of thing. Like that was the cut, it's like it's like getting fake boobs. Like you're just getting it to impress your partner at this point. If you so have let's, space boots, let's jump into ratings. Um, I'll go first. Uh, my rating for this movie is a two out of ten. I gave it a two instead of a one simply because there were some amazing special effects. Uh, which probably could have made a good movie better, but dialogue's important to me and understanding a movie is. Um, also, if I think about it, Mila Kunis, sorry, but like after seeing this and Max Payne, I'm changing my perspective of you as an actor. So mm. like, maybe we'll have a palate cleanser where you're, you, you do a good job, but I am not impressed. Uh, Nick, mm. go ahead, and then we'll, we'll have Vince. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Uh, like, the reason I give it a 4 is because of how how good it looked. Like, it was a really beautiful movie. Like, the special effects were pretty flawless. I mean, it had a $180 million budget, so... I didn't I didn't really hmm. think the... Ac- I thought the acting was actually pretty good with what they were given uh, uh, direction and line-wise. I don't really have that much many complaints about Mila. 
other than her voiceover in the beginning, I don't really, I didn't really buy that. But like her acting was fine with what, she, if, if, as long as she wasn't just improvising the lines. And Channing Tatum impressed me for like that's like the first time I've seen him do like a serious role, I guess. Um, but yeah, so four out of ten. Sorry, completely fucked. And uh, you know, hmm. come on. <laughs> Vince? All right, and then uh, um. So, I will also be giving this movie a 4 out of 10. And the reason why it's not lower is because the visuals, not just the, the from a technical point of view, but also from an artistic point of view, are really good. Like, it is some really good, like, uh, you know, 40K Dune-looking stuff. You know, like, all the, the tech like looks really neat the dragon lizard king looks super cool um you know the the supering practical like super fr- impossibly fragile like state genocide factory on mars looks cool <laughs> um and then super also cool. yeah <laughs> and then man it's like if only auschwitz had been on mars oh like <laughs> I mean, jupiter <laughs> You know, most weeks I'm like, oh, I gotta deal with Nick, but this podcast is gonna be called Make Dylan Uncomfortable, but Jesus. So, so um well and I still think it's weird that the the thing that made you most uncomfortable was the Fluttershy reference. No. <laughs> so. There's another reason that part made me uncomfortable, but I'm not talking about it on air. Yeah. Like, oh, so you like clop too? All right, Vince. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for your review. Um, no, no, hang on. I got a little bit more to say. So, <laughs> like, so, so, the the visuals are actually like they're legitimately good. The music is also really good. Um, I, you know, and I I can't deny those things were great. Everything else about this movie sucks. Even though I like the people who make it, I like the Wachowskis, I like the actors in this movie. Um, you know, like I said, a huge big fan of Eddie Redmayne. It's just it's terrible. Everything outside of the music and the visuals is like just a abysmally bad you have an incomprehensible story that over explains everything and under explains everything and makes no freaking sense and is way less smart than it thinks it is and uh it's it's just everything else is just the worst that can possibly be and then so much weird nonsense like oh i'm gonna marry my mom it's just like, and oh, I I just randomly happened to be a perfect genetic copy oh. of this queen lady, and so that legally makes me the queen lady now. It's just like, <laughs> no, like, gosh, what, what is this? Like, stop, like, and so yeah, that four out of ten <laughs> would um, not recommend. All right, so I'm you know roughly a three point like three between us, something like that. Um. Now it's time for our segment of something great. I wasn't sure if we had Vince prepare anything for this. Vince did have something prepared. All okay. right, Vince. Uh, what is something great that you want the audience to watch? 
Ooh. No, it doesn't have to be something to watch. It can be anything. Oh, it could so be anything. Uh, there, there are actually two little uh, extra fun facts I want to say about the movie. Should I say those after this segment or just... Just before? say them now, Vince. Okay, cool. Come awesome. on. Say them yeah, now so. and then transition, Vince, but you're on a minute and a half time limit here. Go. Oh, shoot. Darn. Curses. They were good fun facts. Okay, um. Do you have them in a magazine? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so it's fun. You look at a magazine for those of you who aren't watching this um, uh, visually because no one is. So this is really cool. So you guys know about the Mariana Trench, right? No. So the, the trench by it, Japan? It, it's the trench where it's like it's one of the, the deepest, deepest in... part underwater oh, yeah, I do that know you can that. possibly go where they are just like all the insane, super weird fish creatures in there so uh scientists have discovered the uh darkest scaled fish ever down there it's scale it's called the fang tooth and its scales are so dark that it actually camouflages in with the you know darkness down there like Mm. isn't that cool essentially invisible yeah And also another fun, like, cool thing about the Mariana Trench. Like, so you guys know what a blobfish is? Yes. So, anyways, so a blobfish, Dylan, is a fish that looks incredibly fat and unhappy. Looks Um, like a human. Looks like someone from The Simpsons. Yeah, it looks like a really obese, unhappy human. Okay. So, um... You know, I always felt really bad for the blobfish because, man, that'd suck to just be, you know, genetically look like a fat, ugly person. And uh, it, it turns out that blobfish only get fat and ugly when they're brought to the, like, uh, surface, like, aquariums for study because of the differences in pressure when you get that deep down into the ocean uh they actually have a less like weird and comical look when they're actually in their natural Mm. habitat so good news for blobfish good news for you know uh, this cool new fish that was discovered that's really into camouflage and as far as I'm considered as far as I think of it like you know more, the more weird, cool things we discover about the Mariana Trench, the more better <laughs> humanity is. Like that's just a good thing for us. Like, All right. lovely. So that's that's your something good. Then. Yeah, okay. it's like cool new stuff about cool new I fish you, stuff. I, I thought you just invented your own segment there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Biology with Vince. Um, now we have uh, to talk about our what we're gonna do next week. Um, and it is our palate cleanser episode. So I know, Nick, you had some kind of an idea for how you wanted this segment to go this week. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, so normally we have Mitchell on the podcast, as you all know. And we always pick and vote between the three of us who's or what palate cleanser we're going to watch. But this time, Mitchell and I have sent our palate cleanser suggestions to Dylan so Dylan I'm going to have you put them in a random order of the ones that were suggested to you along with yours and Vince our special inaugural Ooh. brother for this episode first everyone that's what inaugural means but um, yeah. <laughs> um uh, is you're going to pick the movie we watch for the palate cleanser yeah I saw right. I'm actually super hyped for this. So, so Dylan, do you want to give him, in a random order, do you want to give him the three movies that he has to pick from? Yeah, um, I will. But before I do, Nick, if you will let people know what our social medias are again, I just want to confirm that mine applies 
movie applies for this palate cleanser because I did not look up its rating. And for those of you who don't know, our ratings for the palate cleansers have to be higher than 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so our palate cleanser, sorry, our, our, not our palate cleansers, our um, uh, social medias are follow us on Instagram at Well That Sucked Podcast. Find us on Facebook at Well That Sucked. Find us on Twitter at That Sucked Pod. Find us wherever you can get your podcast at Well That Sucked. Um, yeah, that's pretty much our podcast ones. I didn't, did you want me to throw out our social medias too? Yeah, just let people know um, what our uh, email address is real quick if you can. Email us at WellThatSuckedPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, all right. So like, so after so after this movie that we're gonna watch next week, we're gonna start taking audience suggestions. And this is how you're gonna be able to s- submit your um, uh, input. You have to rate us five stars on iTunes, and you have to email us at wellthatsucks at gmail with your movie suggestion. And for the movies that are that are are that suck, it has to be under thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is the only requirement. And if there's going to be a palate cleanser too so if there's a movie that you really love and you think we should uh, talk about for our palate cleanser email that along, uh, along with us too but it has to be over 60 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah and if you're still listening to this at this point um one question what you're doing with your life but two um please uh request money from nick wagella on venmo or facebook you'll find him just by searching his name request one penny and if you're still listening we'll pay up all right, Vince, are you ready to hear these movies? The, okay, whatever. One penny, I'll give you a penny. Give a penny, take a penny. All right, Vince. Yeah. All right. Movie number one, Castaway, rated 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Movie number two, The Silence of the Lambs, rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Or movie number three, Neighbors. Rated 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so, alright. So you have a comedy? Do you want want to guess who suggested each of these movies? Yeah, actually, I do. Alright. So I'm going to guess it was um, uh, Nick, who did uh, Neighbors, and uh, Mitchell, who did Silence of the Lambs, and Dylan, who did Castaway. Uh, you're okay, which one, of, which, which one of those do you pick? Oh, wait. So, um... So, all three of those neato burrito choices, to be certain. Um, I think, if, if, it were, if it were me, like, uh, in this podcast regularly, I would want to watch Castaway as the palate cleanser. So that's what I choose. All right, so what you chose was actually Mitchell's choice. Hey! No, that's great. Honestly, Mitchell's not here, so it makes sense that at least he can have his choice of movie be selected. So, uh... The the least one I wanted, if it was up to me. (laughs) Was it? See, that's the one I would have voted for. Um, I love Neighbors, but... um, And I've seen Castaway recently. I just... You know, it's just... I I haven't seen Castaway in a long time. Interesting. I don't know if I, I actually watched Silence of the time. Lamb all the way through, um, like, in one sitting. Mine was Silence of the Lamb simply because I I know I've seen it before, but when I was really young, and it's really well rated, 
and I wanted to see if it and holds it up. And it rubs the lotion onto its skin. Yeah, some famous <laughs> lines in there, and I. Uh, oh I, my God, Dylan! You imagine reviewing that movie with me? Come on. <laughs> I, get, I like... mean, essentially, why I was hoping we weren't going to get neighbors, but uh, Castaway. I'm sure you're going to be talking about some stuff that this guy's doing on the island. You're anyway. fucked the volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> there it is already. Uh, Castaway is a Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, then in this special director's cut, Eddie Redmayne is trapped on the island with him. That's where Baleen, uh, uh, a a whatever, like falls from. He falls from Mars onto the Castaway Island. He's like, oh yeah. I'm the ruler of Jupiter. Dylan, Dylan, uh, end this podcast. So, end it. Well, uh, so here, so let me do this. Watching, so, no, we oh, will be man, watching. No, it's, it's such a good fun fact. No more fun facts. We've had too much fun tonight. Thank you well, for you'll, being you'll, on. You'll, you'll, end that with end that with it because you don't have anywhere to follow. You just end it with that. Yay! So, uh, Castaway is a movie we're watching next week. If you want to watch it with us, this is a pal cleanser. You've probably seen it. Watch it again. It's a good movie. Um, you can email us if you want to give us suggestions at wellthatsuckpodcast at gmail.com. And also, um, if you love us and you want to stalk us, here's where you can find me. Um, I will be located at longitude point negative 83.98 and latitude point 42.43. My name is Dylan Wagella. I'm the host. You can follow me on Twitter at Dylan Wagella, D-Y-L-A-N-W-E-G-E-L-A. Nick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Wagella. And you can find me on Facebook at Nick Wagella. You can follow my other podcast, Split Six, at Split Six, wherever you can find your podcast. You can follow my other, other podcast, the 10 Dab Challenge, at 10 dabchallengecom Apply if you want to be on it. Um, it's also on YouTube. And Vince, Vince? Uh, we, know, we know we can't find you anywhere because you're not that active on social media. So why don't you just bring us out with this fun fact? All right. Uh, thank you, Nick. During a Q&A session on Reddit uh, about Jupiter Ascending, uh, Channing Tatum was asked what the movie was about. Uh, he responded with, quote, Good question. I have the same one myself, end quote. Amazing. I've been Nick Wagella. <laughs> I've been Vinnie Monea, and thank you all for tolerating me. And inviting me onto this wonderful podcast. And this is a Well That Suck podcast. Remember that it's more important for, to, for you to listen to us and us for listening to you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, bye. I'm better than you.